Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're live, but I think our intro music wasn't there. We'll have to figure that one out. And there you go. <laughs> hey. Intern Ben now. getting all the screen time today. Uh, welcome to the show, episode 137. We are live uh, without Nick, if you couldn't tell. Things are a little funky here on audio side. I don't know what that was about. I think... Do you, do you, I, I turned you, off... The, I think the speaker was on. The speaker might have been on, but I still couldn't yeah. hear it over it here. It was the parsec, too. I had to turn it off. Okay. So I'm hoping I, I'm hoping I can hear it here, like, when we do this cool music. Let me try. Let me try. Oh. All right, cool. It's working. You can hear that, Evan? Yeah. I, I can hear it loud and clear. We're good. All right. Sorry for the casual start here, everybody. But episode 137, this episode's presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Do you want to get paid to run a tournament? Um, yes. I do. I just don't, frankly, have the time right now. But if I was running a tournament, I'd do it through Cosmic they're doing a lot of great, great things. Uh, check them out, CosmicDG.com, at Instagram at Cosmic Disc Golf. So, Evan, it was what the Pro Tour considers an off week, uh, but all these players that are traveling around on tour decided to find places to go. Um, that I mean, so what events are we going to talk about tonight? Let's just jump right into it. it yeah, there's a few of them. I think the most notable one is going to be Santa Cruz Masters Cup. Mm -hmm. Long-time national tour event, has been on the Pro Tour was a silver event last year, unfortunately not on the schedule this year, uh, but many notable pros uh, played in it. We'll talk to Ganabur later, but uh, a handful. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that, I think, last out of these uh, events, not last of the show, just last of this intro. Um, there was also the 303 Open in Colorado. That that was hey, that's, that course that I was at is one of the ones I played a lot when I was out in school there. Uh, so... Uh, Notable and cool to see that on tour, uh, not on tour, it's not on tour, <laughs> to see that played by people who are sometimes on tour. Uh, we also had the first European Pro Tour event across the pond over in Denmark. Uh, and then, of course, a few other notable events. Let's start with the Japan National Championship. Uh, Manabu Kajiyama takes that down. Um, he won. Oh, I had What's it up. That? I don't have any strokes. He had <laughs> Do you one. happen he, to have his rating? Do you happen to have his rating? I know we talked about ratings okay. last week. Yeah, I didn't do the math for it. Mm -hmm. He had something in the 1030s, something in the 1040s, and something in the 1050s. I mean, I as a player, right? What's his rating? He was he was 1051, I believe. So, so he averaged probably like 1040-something. The reason I asked his rating is because this is... I was making cases for the rating system, but I think demographic regionally, like by country, it could be it could be different. It is what it is, but a uh, different pool yeah. of players. We'll have to wait a couple weeks to hit that subject Ooh. again. I think we used it enough last well, week. Let me, let me, okay, no, we did, but I'm going to cut you off because it worked out perfect today. Um, if I tell somebody how my son shot at a tournament this week, right? I'm like, hey, he shot even. They're like, oh, but you know what I can do? Tell my son, and I did. This was the best rated round you've ever shot in your life. And that's an achievement, right? So, like, if you just mm -hmm. have stroke play, he's shot an under par plenty of times. When you shoot even at a course and it's, it's technically the best skill he's done by a long shot, that's a cool thing to do, right? So, yeah, I, well, what did he shoot? Let us, let us hear it. Well, he shot it. Well, it was unofficially a 939. For him at 13, it's pretty good. So, and he said I, he had five putts splash out. So, that would have been a really hot round. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Could have been 980 real quick. My eight-year-old shot an 844 rated. So this goes where, this is where my point is. If I said, hey, my eight-year-old shot good this week, and everyone's like, oh, that's great. You have a nice eight-year-old. I go, my eight-year-old shot 844. I saw your face. People are able to take that in. 
Like, I know what that yeah. means. They can compare it to their game. That's what exactly. ratings are good for. I Unfortunately, I can compare 844 to my game. I wish it wasn't true, but yes, <laughs> uh, you are right that that All comparison, right. and he's eight years old. Moving on. Uh, so Manabu over there did great. Um, what else are we talking about? Yeah, let's let's cover the European Pro Tour mm-hmm. first. This is the first event of their season over at the Copenhagen Open in Denmark. We had an Estonian sweep. Ooh, wrong. There, there we go. Here we go. Uh, for our live viewers, you'll see this switching screens, but we're getting there. We saw an Estonian sweep, which did not include Kristen Tatar. Um, she's taking an off week. Uh, she was not out at the European Pro Tour, but we had Mari Vilman. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm very uh, notably not great at pronouncing these European <laughs> names. He takes it down in a playoff. Uh, he is now ranked 92nd in the world, so cracking that top 100. Uh, he has not played a disc golf Pro Tour event in his career, but he did play uh, USDGC last year and finished 59th. That was his only major of his career, including. He has not played European Open or any other majors, which I thought was interesting enough. But he has taken down a European Pro Tour uh, win. On the FPO side, we saw Kaidi Alsalu. Again, <laughs> I probably got that wrong, but I think we can understand who that was. She won by seven strokes. Uh, and for context, she is now ranked 49th in the world by the Statmando official ranking. She does have three tour events over in the U.S. She has two top tens on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And finished 14th at U.S. Women's last year. Um, other notable names in that event, Silver Lot finished 6th. Uh, Jesse Nieminen finished 11th. And K.J. Naibo, who's you know a little bit past his prime, did finish in 51st, but that's a notable name for people. And we also saw Heidi Lane. I, I think I got that right. That was the, that was the one that I, I pronounced way good. wrong last year. She finished 3rd. Uh, Silva Saarinen finished 5th. She had some great finishes over in the U.S. just a couple weeks ago on the Southeast Spring Swing. And we saw Rachel Turton finish seventh. She was the reigning champ. She is notably UK's uh, best disc golfer, uh, winning lots of events there. Um, overall, overall, cool to see the European Swing getting up. We'll have the Euro Tour coming up soon. We'll have the Disc Golf Pro Tour heading over there. Uh, exciting times for uh, the continent. Yeah, I think we need the players of Europe to record their names or at least go into their social media. You know how you can have it tell you how to pronounce a name, <laughs> like just update that. So media in the United States can get your name right. Cause like we want to do all respect to a name and somebody's identity. Um, but yeah, I think people are, I hopefully you're appreciative people. We're, we're trying to give you what's happening around the world at this point. Thanks to stat Mando there, Evan, especially. Yeah, well, we got Asia down, we got Europe down. Let's head to the U.S. We saw the 303 Open in Colorado. I mentioned that was on a course I've played a lot uh, in college. But Aaron Gossage, Colorado native, although from the other part of the state, takes it down by five strokes over other Colorado native, Joel Freeman. Um, We also saw a few New Englanders uh, play pretty well out there. We saw Harry Chase finish eighth and Paul Kranz finish 10th. That's very cool to see. I did not know they were making the trip, so congrats Mm -hmm. to them getting over there and getting a top 10 finish. Um, On the women's side, we saw Natalie Ryan take it by a stroke over Emma Arp. Natalie had a eight-stroke comeback in the final round, uh, shooting a fantastic round to get the victory. Uh, Emily Yale finished in third. She's played a few Disc Golf Pro Tour events. Uh, she's notable to Statmando, doing some research with us. Uh, very cool to see her get a great uh, finish. Six strokes clear of fourth place with Deanne Carey playing that event as well. Uh, so there were a few tour names uh, within that field, and cool to see. 
But I think that brings us to the, I, I, I'm going to say the biggest event of the weekend, uh, Santa Cruz Masters Cup, uh, unless you have anything to add. No, I just wanted to say, uh, you mentioned Paul Kranz and Harry Chase. Again, we bring them up, people. They're local to us. I play on a, a New England Team Challenge team with both of them, sponsored by Discmania. That's with a 303. I understand it to be open is probably a large Discmania. It's in Colorado there. Yeah, 303 is the area code for north of Denver. Um, I don't know exactly where the line is, but like Boulder and Fort Collins, I, I believe are all 303. I might have that wrong. I know Boulder is 303 at least. And Sco Buffs. Um, thanks, Ben. Sco Buffs indeed. <laughs> Not, uh, every time and, I hear that, Sco Buffs, I always remember you throwing into the tree at college. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a band called 303, which okay. was like uh, a pop rock, pop punk. I don't even know what, I don't even know what variety it was. They were kind of popular in like my high school and middle school days, but uh, also being off the area code. And then but. you mentioned Natalie Ryan. There's a few relevant topics surrounding that. Um, we know that there was a lawsuit filed, uh, I believe, with some sort of what they would call restraining order of some sort to pause things for the OTB Open, um, hopefully getting a spot for her in the event. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Spring on. Uh, he's coming on to talk about um, the acquisition of Jomez and Jonathan Gomez will be on here in actually just about 14 minutes. So we're not going to do the whole interview on that, but I'm going to try to slide a question in there regarding that. And then I heard, and I think it's starting to circulate, there was some form of protest that actually showed up at this 303 event. Um, I saw that there was some form of live coverage, even some I want to say it was Rocky Mountain Women's Network, something like that on YouTube. Um, and then they had somebody roving, if you will, streaming live at the event, protesting, I believe, as Natalie was teeing off. Now, no matter how you feel about this scenario, that seems a little bit uncivilized. Protesting is a thing. You know, like It's a public area. The cops were called all this. It kind of, I don't know. It is what it is at this point. There's a lawsuit filed. I'm sure that so things will have to get figured out there, but that's happening in our sport right now. Um, disc golf has not evaded that in any way compared to the rest of the world that's dealing with this as well. Um, again, whatever side you're on, we say it here at the Nick and Matt show, care about individuals. You can disagree, do it in a caring way, however that is. And that's where I'll leave it. Uh, going over to Santa Cruz Masters Cup, Take it away. I think uh, I, I'm crossing my fingers. Barsby's coming on um, in about 45 minutes, but he took it down, right. right? I'm just spoiling it. Barsby took it down. I mean, spoiling <laughs> it for what? I'm just going to say it here in a second. Not like we have any okay. cool highlights to show the people. Uh, but yeah, Greg Barsby takes it down in a playoff over Alden Harris. It was a wild final round. I don't know if the coverage is out. Central Coast did some coverage. I don't know if the final round coverage is out yet. It might be. People might have seen it. If not, I'm sure you'll see it soon. Uh, but watching live scores, it it was all over the place. What do we see? James Proctor leading in the final round. Gannon Burr was in the mix. We had Cole Riddell and Matt Bell. A bunch of names that you would recognize. Um, in this final round, Alden Harris looked like he might have had it. Greg Barsby uh, catches him up. And they go to a playoff, and I saw one one highlight of it, and Greg Barsby made a pretty typical deep circle two or further uh, big hyzer putt around a tree, cashed it in to get the victory. Uh, very cool to see him getting that win. Uh, 
um, in his home state of California. I don't know if it's necessarily his home course, but at least a home area, although he did move to Texas uh, recently, so maybe not his PDGA home state. Um, we also saw Owen Scoggins take it down, who is from California, or at least lives there now. So I guess two home staters, however you look at it. Uh, she won by three strokes over Katrina Allen. We also saw Sai Ananda return to some events that we know um, coming in third. Um, excuse me. Uh, Juliana Corver also getting a top five finish. Um, some other names on the MPO side. Chandler Kramer uh, finished seventh along with Gannon Burr, who we mentioned. Cody Kirkland played this event. Jacob Curtis, uh, Cupcake, we've had him on the show. He finished with a 12th place finish. Uh, it wasn't quite a tour field, but of course a very solid one where, you know, uh, an average fan probably knows a handful of names. Uh, but cool to see. I mean, De La Viega is a historic, iconic disc golf course. Uh, if not the most iconic, at least a top three, top five iconic course. So it's always cool to see it uh, return to big events and big names playing it. Mm. Yeah, that that event has nostalgia for a lot of people. And so you're going to continue to see players choosing to go there. And it still has that feel to it. Um, maybe not to the average viewer right now, because I mean, Central Coast is doing great promoting their coverage. I think it's fantastic to watch an event in a quote off week. Um, it's interesting, though. Like I said, Barsby took it down. You have, our, you know, a lot of great players there playing. James Proctor, I'm just going to mention it. He was in the lead, really with in his control to win with about three or four holes left, one stroke lead, and then he double bogeyed, I think, with three holes left. Um, and then he just, it was not in his control at that point. So, but my point is to see Greg walk away with it after some of these top, I'd say, multiple handful of top 10 players there good job to greg that's what Dayla does it brings out some really cool playing and i feel like greg wins on these really cool courses it's just yeah it I, kind of is what it is I think, yeah i think the last time we saw him win was uh the sula open a silver yeah. event over in norway last year uh he he doesn't win a lot of these big notable events that we're paying a lot of attention to uh, at this point in his career. So it is cool to see him take it down. Uh, of course, he's always making a name for himself and uh, will always have the iconic 2018 world's win and more. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's very cool to see him play. I also thought it was really cool that, uh, hearing like how or why Gannon Burr made the trip out there since he won the silver event last year, uh, a Masters Cup last year when it was a silver event, uh, he wanted to defend his title. So I heard that he flew out uh, to California, quick turnaround from Jonesboro uh, to play that and try to defend his title at a course, even though it wasn't on the tour, he still wanted to play it. Um, so that's really cool to see. Yeah, and you just mentioned Gannon again, and Gannon will also be a guest on our show tonight. So we've got Jeff Spring, Jonathan Gomez, Greg Barsby. I'm still crossing my fingers. Crossing. He's never been on the show. Please, Greg. I have, I have his text saying yes, but he's also extremely busy, so we're just squeezing him in for maybe 10 minutes. Um, and then Gannon. Gannon is relevant right now for an interview. If you haven't seen... He just posted, I want to say within the hour or two, uh, that he is now continuing through the remainder of the season with Prodigy. Um, that's notable. People at a tournament I was just at recently were saying, oh, it's a bad relationship. Well, this is over. And remember what we said when he texted me, what was it, two weeks ago? He said, I'm working out an agreement. We kind of speculated, and I was all over the board. I was like, I don't even know what it means anymore. 
but we did speculate maybe he is. He's staying, and and we've been kind of projecting that the further we got in, that might be the case. So he will be on. Um, it won't be for another hour at least, um, but he will be on, and we can ask him our questions. And I think that's the resolution. I said that would be best case for everybody. It'd be interesting to see if if they both feel that way. I'm assuming they do. They came to an agreement. So, Matt, we have to do it. We talked about it last last time before we knew these details, what we thought the percentage were that, that he would stay through the season, uh, whether he would or not stay through the season, and then would he stay with Prodigy after the season? I don't think he uh, will. It, we've been all over the place. But I can now, barely yeah, remember I'm what go we've all said. Over the place on that one again. <laughs> but but at least to get it record <laughs> on the record right now, he is staying through Prodigy for the rest of the season. What do you think uh, going into next year? What are the what is the percent chance he stays with Prodigy for 2024? Zero. We keep doing percent chances. Uh, Ben says zero, but that's impossible. Nothing is really zero in life until it's happened. Like we're not happened. Then you'd say, well, it was zero, (laughs) but leading up to it, it's always a percentage. I feel like even Simon said, well, it wasn't about the money when he went to MVP, but I mean, he did say, well, how much money are we talking kind of a thing? So like, there's always this percentage. Um, it's going to matter what was offered to Gannon. Um, it's going to matter how happy he is with any changes if in some way i feel like prodigy would have to it sounds weird but court him or date him like be like we are gonna do all these things that you wanted and more and he's gonna have to believe it he's gonna have to believe it um that's the like i don't think it's vice versa i don't think he's trying to stay with prodigy i i have have a take i think let's hear it i'm here hello i'm on the three up it's an honor not being the little <laughs> subsect, whatever the thing that pops down, it's not hard to be on screen. Anyways, my take is that uh, I know he didn't say the money doesn't matter, but I think he goes where the money is. If if Prodigy offers the most money, I think he stays. I don't think he's loyal to Prodigy. I think he's going to go whoever gives him the most money or has the best opportunity. I don't think he would take a pay cut of any means. To say maybe he feels like five grand, but I think I think he's going because he can make a lot of money as but, an eighteen well, year old. If the discs they're producing new today are good, then I agree. But if he's if he's gonna have to scrap for the old disc that he says he likes to throw, and they're gonna pay him, and they're not gonna change any of their disc production, I don't know if he'd stay. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I don't think players want to stay where they're not happy with the product. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, I don't think the I don't think the discs have any any worry. I personally, I mean, at least for his own playing game, I should be clear with that. I, I think that's where you're going with it. I don't think him worrying about getting new discs for his own game, I and mean, we see that with lots of companies. We, I mean, Discmania just a couple of years ago, or not even a year ago. I don't. It's hard to time frame all this. Uh, we're not having any discs produced by themselves yet. Yeah. They were relying on all their pros just having the discs they have in their kind of network within each other, buying used discs for uh, expensive prices, but it's worth it because they're pros. If Ganon feels that same way, I'm sure he can figure it out and talk with enough Prodigy players or Prodigy collectors where he'll get the discs that he wants. <laughs> I don't think that's a worry. But in the lawsuit that he, or uh, when he originally left and what he uh, claimed to be the reasons why, um, it was for or I think selling discs as a, um, a promoter, disc sales for himself. He was worried that the specific quality 
uh, would hurt that. So I, I do agree that mm-hmm. he he will factor in how well he thinks he can sell this if the prodigy money is the exact same as another company, but the other company he thinks he can sell more this, which gets him that bonus mm-hmm. structure better. I think that's a valid uh, way to go about it. Uh, I will say to give my percentage, I think it's higher than zero percent for sure. I agree with you, Matt. That every nothing is zero percent <laughs> ever. It's not zero percent that Paul McBeth goes to prodigy, exactly. but that's pretty close to zero um i would <laughs> probably say for that one one <laughs> percent uh, uh, no I, half a percent i would say it's closer to zero than one percent yeah but that's it's not zero percent yeah uh but for gannon burr i i think i'm gonna go a little i think i've been saying 20 percent that he stays with prodigy for next year you said 20 percent high i think before, before i said 20 percent. okay i'm gonna go higher now i think i'm gonna bump it up i think i'm gonna bump it up to 35 percent that he stays with prodigy which is pretty high because that means 65% that he leaves and goes to any other brand. Um, there's a few brands that seem more likely than others. Uh, so it's not that Prodigy is the most likely landing spot, but out of all the manufacturers, I think it's pretty high up there. If it's not one, it's two or three. That's a, uh, that's a tough the, over under. The fact that they got this deal done for the rest of the year means that there's amicable terms now where they understand what each other want, what each other wants. Uh, so there's something there and it might not be perfectly uh, mended relationship. It might, it might be, we don't know, but there at least something is there that I think there's enough to work on for next year. And it is a possibility. 35% might be a little high, but I'm going to stick with it. It's zero. 35. Like I said, that's a tough over under on that one. Cause I feel like, that's a good that's a good uh line. Um Yeah, I think I'm trying I'm trying to feel that out any differently. Um I feel like it's it's tough. Like you, like we said, the fact that they're amicable here, I feel like cooler heads if you will um prevailed and they kind of like you said came back down to like where where are we at with this? What do we both want? And that's what arbitration, that's what the idea of, right? Coming together, figuring it out. Let's have a mediator even. I'm sure they had someone involved to sit down and <laughs> what are you both wanting? Uh, so that's where they're at. Anyways, we'll ask Gannon uh, maybe some of these questions and we'll see what he has to say about it. Um, so again, Jeff Spring, Jonathan Gomez coming up here in about five minutes or so, seven minutes. Uh, top of the hour with, with Greg Barsby. Cross our fingers. <laughs> And then uh, shortly after that, Gannon Burr. Um, great stuff, great stuff. So with that being said, let's see. Where are we at here? We talked all the events. Um, I mean, we're going to have Jeff and Jonathan talk about it a little bit. There's been multiple interviews out there. Um, one, two, three, maybe four. I might have missed one. I sat and listened to all of them through because I wanted to hear what was being missed uh, what was being asked, what was being redundant, what was doubled up, uh, so we didn't have to waste all of your time. There will be some doubling up. There's no way around that. Some of you probably haven't listened to those interviews, um, and we appreciate that you listen to us and trust us with these topics. Um, so we're going to ask some topics here and some questions uh, to both Jonathan and Jeff on this. My understanding, again, both of them should be here. Um, what did you think about that? When you heard that announcement, let's just be a little transparent. You and I would have discussions that we thought this might be happening for months. That's not anything that I didn't hear Smashbox say. That's not anything I didn't hear Old Two World say. That's not anything I didn't hear a lot of people kind of in the, the media group say. It's so to us, it wasn't a massive surprise. We didn't know when. We didn't know if it would be announced publicly. We didn't know a lot of the details associated with it. 
But when it happened, from my perspective, it was kind of like, well, here it was. We thought it was coming. We hadn't heard anything about the contract being renewed, which it was coming to the end of it. So there was a lot of things. We almost brought it up a few times as a topic on the show. And then I thought, well, we have the freedom to do that, but let's just wait and see how things unfold. So what did you think when you saw that kind of your reaction? Again, with the insight that we kind of knew something was coming. But like, what, what are your like, initial thoughts on this? Yeah, initial thought was surprised. I mean, like surprised, not that it was um, just it was news. Like it's news. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, you almost can't believe it. And then you start to think about it and you have kind of all these different thoughts going on, uh, good and bad and in between. And there's so many things to think about with it. I thought it was really interesting. It makes you think about the future and longevity of the sport. You think, hey, this is really awesome that uh, one of, if not the most premier media brand in disc golf is getting a lot more stable. Um, the more you hear about it, you don't know. Uh, how much longer they could have gone. I mean, I'm sure they would have gone a lot longer, but there is those doubts that like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but then the other part is, uh, the pro tour buying up a, uh, I don't want to say competitor cause they had a partnership and they were working together, but another media entity, um, and competition breeds innovation. And so having it all under one umbrella, it, it could give you doubts about how much more it'll innovate. Jomez being one of the most innovative media companies every year, they're pushing the, the needle more and more. Whenever they hit big events, they go more and more and bigger and bigger. Uh, so when you hear this, you, the, it, the thought goes in your mind that you're worried that it feels like a sellout. It feels like they're not going to innovate more. And I, I didn't know where to go with that. That was initial. I, I, I thought both ways. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was bad. It's just, wow, this is crazy. Let's see what happens. Um, and again, we'll, we'll talk to them and ask the questions and we'll hear about it more. But what I've heard from the other interviews is that see, it, it all seems like really, really good news. It seems like something that's been in the works for a long time, a really stable way to kind of hand over the official ownership, hand over the business side of it. But the innovative side seems like it's still ready to grow. And uh, I think Jonathan's excited for uh, to kind of to play more pickleball back, <laughs> not to play more pickleball, <laughs> take a step back and get, uh, back to his innovative roots. Sure. Um, we're going to ask him some think, questions about that for sure. Yeah. And, and having a, I mean, I'm going to say small business. I mean, they did have a lot of employees for disc golf and that was kind of surprising. I didn't know they had, you know, pushing 20 employees mm -hmm. full time. Um, but they, in the grand scheme of things, that's a small business. Mm -hmm. Um, you can have a lot of overhead. It can be a lot of tough, um, you can have the great minds who are the innovative ones pushing the small company forward, get caught up in all these other small things that you can have uh, people who are professional and do it full time do that. So now that they're uh, kind of merged with the Pro Tour is one of the ways they're pressfully said it. I think it's all good things to make uh, make Jonathan and his team back to their, uh, I'm going to say innovative roots more because that's what they're so good at and have pushed the sport so far with how good the media has been and how much they've pushed professional disc golf and disc golf as a whole. So I, I think that rounds it out pretty well. Matt, what did you think? Yeah. So if you go back a few years uh, where the, the boom of disc golf started to happen, people were introduced to the sport largely through Jomez. And that was, that goes back, you know, five years and it's, it's very easy to access and incredible quality. 
and they gained a fan following. And Jonathan, we've interviewed him. You can go check out the full interview. We had the whole team here in studio where we interviewed Jonathan, Jerry, and um, why am I messing his name up right now? I apologize. Is it Juan? No. Well, Juan is the other 50% owner. Um, okay. But follow Flight Mike. Thank you, Mike. <clears throat> um, in studio. And we talked about all these different types of things where they're like, it's so unique to be a media company that has fans. Like, does anybody be like, I am the fans of those producing CBS sports. Like those guys, like I love them. I'll pay them money. Like <laughs> to keep doing what they're doing. Cause they're doing so good. Like, I don't know when I go to a Red Sox game, I see more Nesson jerseys than I see Red Sox jerseys. Sure. I'm, that's a joke. I understand completely <laughs> with what you're saying. Yeah, but sure. It's so, crazy. And so it's so unique. So when I saw the announcement, I was like, uh Oh, like, where's the pitchforks? Like, this is, Jomez has a serious following, fandom, like, not cultish, but like a following that supports them with money every month just because they want to support them. They like what they're doing. They believe in it. And so I was like, where's the pitchforks? Because had you told me three years ago, because do you remember um, Steve Dodge trying to bring media in-house? to disc golf pro tour we can all agree or not agree and i think even steve would say himself there was things that he had to learn as he went and part of it was how do we do this like at, at that point in time it was like people were paying for companies to go and produce their tournaments like paying them and then the tournament started realizing what they had and it was like okay well actually you can come for free We'll kind of split it that way. Like you produce for free. We give you the tournament for free. Eventually the conversation just kept shifting and shifting. And I guess what I'm saying is if back three years ago, anything like this had happened, I think you would have had upheaval. If people would have boycotted disc golf network, they would have, and disc golf pro tour, they would have been like, it's over. Like we are Jomez fans through and through. And that's all there is to it. Like it's, it's done. Being when it happened now, there's people who are skeptical because they had such a, a following, but it's way better than it would have been three years ago, way better. And so um, with that being said, it looks like we're good to go there. I can see both of our guests in the green room. And so let's go ahead and bring them in. Uh, ben, welcome to the show, everybody. I mean, everybody. <laughs> welcome, everybody, to the show. Jeff Spring and Jonathan Gomez, both in the media business in some level, right? I mean, it's it's incredible. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that, Jeff. But how are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Jonathan, you're down in Texas. What's the weather like? <laughs> Very hot for your Texas standards. Like, what are we talking? No, yeah, I think it was 100 degrees today. Come on. It's a little early for that, but here we are. I'm a, I'm a safety professional, and I'll talk to guys from all over the country, and we tell them regularly, heat is determined by your acclimation. So, Jeff, from Vermont, you go down to Texas, and it's 85. You're like, this is really hot. Texas boys are going, dude, this is, this is 85? Like, this is, like, awesome. They come up to where we are, yeah. and it's 40 degrees, Jeff, and they think we're dying. It's the end of the world. So we, we got a little different blood in the room tonight, but... We're not here to talk about weather. You guys dropped something the morning after our show went live, and so we couldn't snag it. You've been on a few podcasts talking about 
how the Pro Tour acquired, as I think the wording that I saw in the announcement, uh, Jomez Pro. So if that sounds correct to you, let's get into some questions. Does that sound correct? Sounds correct. Okay, yeah. good. We're trying to simplify it. People in the chat are like, we've heard a lot. So, but I have some questions here. Um, and we're just going to kind of cut right to the chase on some of this here. Could be short and sweet. Um, Jonathan, do you feel like your hand with the business was forced to sell Jomez? And did you sell Jomez? Uh, no, actually, I think that it was, um, I mean, most people know that we've been doing this for 11 years now. Mm-hmm. And we've had many different iterations of what Jomez Pro is. And the, I don't think that I could have for, necessarily foreseen a lot of things that have happened up to this point in the history of our company. But I also am like really like excited to see what this next step means. And uh, yeah, so I, I wouldn't, I would say absolutely not. It was not forced it was more of like what's what's next for jomez pro we've had many different we've seen this company take on many different forms and for me this is was the step that made the most sense because as i've said to other people we really were uh, looking for a way to get back to doing what we do best as media professionals and not as say accountants or tax professionals or human resources uh, professionals. So that to us was like what made, why this made a lot of sense because the Pro Tour has a ton of resources that can help us get back to why we got into this in the first place. And yeah, that's why I'm really excited about this next step to, to finally have everyone play to their strengths. It's, it's gotten us a long ways in this company and of course, a lot of companies operate that way and it was really important for us to, to find a way to to do that as well yeah and so let me take it here i i come from the corporate world okay and we have owners we're partner uh we have lots of sister and brother companies that do the same thing as us um and so our owner is a company and it seems like disc golf pro tour owns some companies and brands now which is great uh there's a lot of wins tied to that um <laughs> sidestep for a second what corporate conversations are you having before an interview like this like hey we aren't talking about that <laughs> we're gonna say this like is there that kind of stuff like how unified are you guys trying to be on this message jeff um well we haven't talked really at all about this interview today <laughs> okay um, here we so, go you know we uh yeah we i mean we're on the same page because uh we both just went through the process of what happened so um you know i think that uh, probably you can't control what everybody thinks uh, about a transaction, you know, what's coming out about it on, you know, every corner of the internet. Uh, we just put out there, you know, our perspective on what transpired, which, right. you know, uh, we feel like you can trust, um, you know, it's it's actually what happened. And, and really it's born out of positivity. I think there's glass half full, glass half empty, you know, folks and on a, probably a spectrum in the world. And, uh, I find Jonathan to be on the positive side. He looks forward. He sees what can be done. Um, so do I. I think we're similar in in that way. And um, we just are looking to the future. Uh, we're looking at like what's next. Yeah. And uh, this is a means to, you know, another step forward for both of us. So, Great. you know, there's not much we have to do. I mean, we've worked together for a long time. We trust each other. Um, and that's why a partnership like this gets to the finish line. 
Okay. Um, you know, uh, because we, we've worked with each other. We trust each other. We're friends and, um, we're looking forward to working more closely together. And, uh, yeah, so, so not a lot of prep for this interview. Okay. Uh, and, and hopefully that addresses, <laughs> you know, our perspective and yeah, I mean, uh, that said, I think we're, we're also, you know, happy to, there's a lot of details. It took a lot of work. Everybody yeah. on our team and the Jomez team worked really hard to get to this point and make it make sense, all the parts and pieces for, for us. So we know that there's, you know, a lot to uh, share uh, in terms of details. Sure. And so, you know, that's why we love uh, jumping on shows. And I, especially, you know, this, this one, I've, I've come on a yes. number of times. Uh, Thank you, I don't know John. where Nick is, but, um, <laughs> he heard you were coming. I actually heard Jonathan was coming on. He's like, I'm getting on a plane. I'm trying to fly into Florida. Um, no, I'm joking, obviously. So how much of a win is this? Give me the short version, maybe a percentage or, or a dollar amount. No. How much of a win is this for the pro tour? Like the disc golf pro tour, is this a home run? Like, how would you rate this? Yeah, I would definitely rate it a home run. Um, you know, the, uh, the media drives our company forward. We have a lot of parts and pieces, um, but media is a, you know, central, uh, you know, area of revenue for us. Um, it's how we share our product with the world outside of the people that are on site, uh, which is also growing and exciting. Um, but, you know, the Jomez brand is iconic in the sport. You know, mm -hmm. Jonathan's one of the great media minds of our industry and to work closer in a more official capacity um, to have, you know, the talent that the team brings. Uh, you can't say it's anything but a home run, I think, uh, especially because, you know, the circumstances where, you know, this is a way to, you know, help the brand uh, continue uh, to grow in, in new ways. I mean, it's it's not that the brand was doing anything but great stuff, you know, I, uh, up until this point, but, you know, when you look at next steps, sometimes you have to take a big one, uh, mm -hmm. to reach new goals. And, and you mm -hmm. know, from our conversations, that's, that's where, uh, you know, I understand, uh, Jonathan's, you know, mind to be at. And also, you know, uh, opportunity came because, you know, a, a business partner, you know, was going on to a new, new opportunities, new, new place in, in their career. And, um, so, makes a lot of sense to, you know, say, you know, what's, what's the next step in terms of partnership? Uh, who are the people I work with? What are the brands I work with? Um, you know, and, and yeah. you're here kind of holding an open hand. Um, so for us, uh, certainly a home run and we want to make yeah. it that way for the Jomez brand and its fans too. Absolutely. Uh, Jonathan, you're a visionary. I would imagine you do great with your creative work. We've talked before you, you're doing excellent things. Uh, how will, how do you think, this is a very large question. <laughs> How do you think disc golf will benefit from this? So like, what's the vision over the future? Where's Jomez going to get to uh, with an agreement and a partnership like this? Like what's the future look like for disc golf media from your mind? Uh, well, some people are aware. I mean, we've, we've put the information out there, but one of the immediate benefits from this even before we even announced this was the fact that we were able to take on mpo and fpo next day coverage we essentially doubled our uh coverage capabilities from one year to the next we've done fpo before alongside mpo but maybe once or twice a, a season in certain tournaments worlds or or something like that and like this is this is just like the first step it made the most sense as soon as we knew that this was going to happen it was like okay can we do this and we take that to the crew and they were like 
yes, of course. And then they figure out, you know, it wasn't like immediately we just did it, but it was like it took weeks ahead of time during the off season to figure out how it was going to be done. And we've been doing it ever since. So this is just like the first step in what's possible. And, I, you know, we also are very excited to finally get into more um, extra content, like we call it, or off the course content, stuff like that. Just really trying to expand our capabilities and our offerings in the media department, whether it's doing more with coverage um, or just finding ways of, of putting more types of content out there that can catch that can uh, catch the attention of people that maybe don't necessarily want to watch 18 holes of disc golf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have people in the chat right now asking about that extra content, things like uh, practice rounds, um, putting games, that stuff's not going away, right? No, we, we, we certainly don't have any plans to scale back. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've told people this, that we had to do that last year because of, you know, trying to protect the, the one thing that we knew was going to work was coverage. And when things get a little tough, you know, you have to make adjustments and make some, some sacrifices for, for a little bit until you can kind of, uh, get past you know certain times where things may be a little more difficult and then now this is opening that back up and saying now we're moving forward and like i said we we would not be able to do the double coverage of mpo and fpo without a deal like this in place because of the access to resources you know from operators to editors to again just like finally kind of handing off some certain jobs that that are better suited for other people so that we can get back to the media side of things. So this is exactly what we're, what we're doing is it's certainly not scaling back. Okay. Um, another question for you, Jonathan, well, do you think Jomez will miss chase card coverage winners going forward? This could be a conversation possibly between both of you, but we know that with the chase, it's like a new era chase card winners. It's going to happen more often. Does this now, a partnership, if you want to call it that, or ownership from the Disc Golf Pro Tour allow you access to coverage to produce more multi-card type coverage. Is that a thing? I mean, it's absolutely a possibility. We've worked with Gatekeeper many times before to do those types of chase card things, but we also know how important it is to Gatekeeper to have, you know, access to that because we've been in that position as well. So for us, it's more about... Mm. Talk, speaking with them and saying like, hey, how can we try to make a more complete product and, and, and kind of going from there. Uh, but for the time being, I mean, I've said it before, I'm I'm excited whenever it's, it's I guess it's bittersweet, but I am excited <laughs> when uh, someone wins from the chase card because like I said to other people, this is a challenge for us and to figure out how do we be able, I mean, how do we put the right mm-hmm. you know, pieces in, in place to provide more complete coverage. And the live broadcast does a great job of it. And we haven't really had the ability mm-hmm. to have enough people, you know, to cover lead and chase at the same time. We've done it before, but it's the same thing as we did MPO and FPO before, but it wasn't something we could commit to. And it's certainly something that I would like to explore more, mm. um, you know, probably not in the immediate sense, Mm-hmm. Because there are certain things in place and we respect, you know, the people right. that are in those positions, but it's certainly something that we could discuss and see how it could benefit both parties or something that the board could kind of help us 
work through and just kind of see how that happens. But at the same time, for the time being, Gatekeeper is amazing at what they do. We can still provide a certain part of the story. And then there's times where they get to provide, you know, the main the main course, you know, when somebody does something amazing. And that's awesome because it still provides us with a challenge on how we might get improve what we're doing. But at the same time, it's 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 just great for them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Honestly, that's great insight there. I think you're right. Right now, that's that position's held right now. Um, the future may look different. Um, Jeff, is Jomez a disc golf pro tour brand of like a brand of disc golf pro tour? Like you're gonna start selling Jomez merchandise on site, all this kind of stuff. Like it's a brand of disc golf pro tour. Um, or do you see it more as just like, hey, they're owned by us, like they're gonna operate in like um uh, what am I trying to think here? Independently, you know, like they're going to be a company of Disc Golf Pro Tour. Like, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of heard you describing things around this so far. So let me just be, you know, kind of transparent and perfectly clear with the situation. Jomez Pro is its own company. Um, and Jonathan is the president of that company. That company is owned by the Disc Golf Pro Tour's parent company, um, which is basically dba disc golf pro tour mm -hmm. um jonathan has a stake in that company which owns jomez pro so that is the relationship so mm -hmm. jomez pro you know will operate as an independent brand uh with its own books and mm -hmm. it will also you know interface mm -hmm. and connect in with the disc golf pro tour you know as you know kind of benefits the both both of the brands as much as possible so mm. um you know that's hopefully hopefully that's clear it's a if no it's, it's good. a different company but it's but it's owned and operated you know it's owned by the disc golf pro tour operated still by the jomez pro team that's come over now there's a lot of efficiencies and a lot of tie-ins okay. um, and you know there's going to be a lot of benefits uh, both ways, because we are both working on the same media product now, which is coverage of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, um, whether it's DGN or, or Jomez Pro, DGN being live, Jomez Pro being post. Um, and so this uh, this acquisition, which it was an asset purchase agreement, an acquisition of the Jomez Pro brand, uh, that brand is is not. So it's, you know, there's a LLC mm -hmm. under Jomez Pro that's DBA Jomez Pro that's different than uh, the company that J Jonathan started, which uh, has transferred the assets of Jomez Pro over to this new company. So okay. I don't know if that'll mean much to no. a lot of people. Yeah, thing. no, that's um, interesting you know, to me. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's uh, you know, there's probably because of, you know, and again, I've kind of referenced in a couple of interviews, we worked hard to get this deal done. Mm -hmm. um, it was just because some of the, some of the, you know, kind of rules and regulations around acquisitions um, of an LLC you know, acquiring another business. So we found out that this was the best way to go, mm. um, you know, and, you know, worked hard to make sure that everything made sense and matched yeah. up. And so we, you know, basically, um, you know, are at a point where, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, matter if it's, you know, represented a specific way. I mm -hmm. think the most important thing is that people know that Jonas Pro is still a, a different company. It's its own brand. Mm -hmm. It's been acquired by the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Jonathan is the president of it. Mm -hmm. and, and now we're looking to make sure that everything's operating as efficiently as possible in order to make sure that we're using our resources, you know, as wisely as possible to expand yeah. content, um, you know, kind of find the most compelling products 
for fans to watch. Um, and Jonathan's going to be a big part of, of leading that evolution, which okay. I think is exciting. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, hopefully that no, makes that sense. Sorry. No, that was clear. It is I, kind of complex, and, and that's it why I said everybody worked hard to get here. But uh, I'm my the company I work for um, on the corporate level is like one of a couple hundred who are owned, and the way we work together as unique. Sometimes we're bidding against each other, but we're like sister brother company. So I understand that. And I think that's great uh, from my perspective. That's cool to hear, Jonathan. So Jonathan, at some point back when you started going on tour the first year you ended up in this studio basement it wasn't a studio at the time but you were here breathing the same air i'm breathing now we have it somewhere marked that joe mez was you know but you were here for a couple of weeks um editing and i can remember clearly it was like a 24-hour operation then with three of you or maybe four three i think um mm -hmm. i'd come down at any time of the day or night and someone was sitting there and like editing <laughs> and i'm like wow um how is this like change now with everything that Jeff just mentioned, does this change anything for your day to day? Uh, and if it does, are you looking forward to that change? Is it refreshing? Oh, it absolutely is refreshing. Can you imagine if you had like 10 jobs and half of them or something you weren't all that great at? <laughs> and then you could, somebody came in and said, Hey, let me help you out with that. I'm actually good at that stuff. And then you can get back to what you're, you know, what you're, good at and play to your strengths that's kind of what it feels like and that's the case for a lot of us on the crew and even some of the people on the disc golf pro tour side because we have that crossover and the ability to collaborate and just all do our best work in order to accomplish the same goal so um yeah the answer to that is absolutely it's been a, a huge relief and it's uh we've come a long ways from being down in the basement out there at your place, uh, <laughs> parking the parking the RV that was probably way too big to be parked in there. I don't even know if that was against the rules or what, but that was a good time. Good and I times. Think you did it at least one or two more years. Yeah. I remember watching watching football down on your big screen, or we'd have the guys down there doing commentary on the projector. That's that was right. like the biggest screen they've ever done commentary on. So still hold the record for that. Oh, oh. Did you hear that? We got the record. We have Let's a go. record, everybody. That's a Joe awesome. Mez record. That's awesome. Um, is Disc Golf Pro Tour losing revenue on the media rights that were sold, Jeff? So, like, you know, the deal that you announced uh, when you guys brought on Joe Mez. Um, now, all of a sudden, are you still getting that? Because they're operating independently. Um, are you still getting media right revenue through them, or is that a wash? Um, the answer overall is, is yes. Um, <laughs> but I think that there are elements of the deal, you know, that we've incorporated the remaining balance um, of, you know, what was owed into the, into the agreement. So, okay. um, you know, we feel confident that we're going to get that and, and okay. more, you know, okay. hopefully back, um, you know, long-term we, we do see, you know, like I've, I've talked about this before, but th this is one of the most valuable brand brands in the sport. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, we're all incentivized to make sure that uh, the brand continues performing well uh, and at a high level. And so that's why we're interested in investing in, in the brand and, and right. all of the valuable products it creates, um, all of the joy it brings to viewers, um, the evolution of the media that it's been able to capture. And uh, yeah, no, I love I love coming on here because you ask me different questions, Matt, and you get to the bottom of some things <laughs> that people just circle around and wonder about. But um, <laughs> just like, bro, yeah, I mean, I've been thinking I, these uh, things. I listened to each of your interviews, Jeff. I literally sat there and listened to like three hours of you guys talking. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to get some questions here. No, it's good. So 
Okay, so yes, let's move on. There's so many more we could ask, but I will shout out the other podcasts. Go check out the other podcasts. They answered a lot more about other things. But before you go, and we're, we know your time's valuable, uh, this is probably more for Jeff than anything. Well, let me let me ask this. In short, I'll go one last one here to Jonathan. Is there anything in your mind that's like an upgrade for you? Is there any like, hey, we're able to get another camera now with this, you know, all the deal, all the stuff that's going down? Is there any things that's getting added to Jomez that you couldn't have done? I know you got, you know, FPO coverage, but is there any upgrades of anything? Um, I think a lot of it is more like the intangible, okay. like not like a camera, mm -hmm. because we always, you know, had access to that and figuring out how to how to continue to upgrade our equipment. But it's the the stuff like the on the back end, like the organizational stuff, the you know logistics. We we have a really large team that keeps growing and. The, and the, the Pro Tour has a very efficient system of how to get people from A to B and, and you know, and back home. There's a lot of things like that. And, um, and just, um, yeah, I would say a lot of the back end things is, is what's becoming like the, the most immediate benefit to something like this, just because uh, there's a lot going on at, uh, at any given time. Mm -hmm. We've come a long ways from, from three people in an RV yeah. and now it's people all over the country um, and some of them never travel and some of them do. And there's a lot of, of things to figure out on how to uh, do what we do. And it's even been, it's just, it's beyond coverage. It's social media, it's e-commerce, it's at, you know, at partnerships mm -hmm. and ad sales and things like that. So there's just so many things that people may not even realize that we, do on a day-to-day -day basis and um a lot of the back-end stuff is exactly why something like this is going to be a, a huge win for disc golf because it allows us to to kind of be able to focus back and and, and uh kind of recalibrate our vision and and work with the tour to provide um, even more value which is this is why we're here mm -hmm. and and go ahead jeff i was just going to say for yeah. those listening i don't see anybody off camera like with a shadow of a gun pointing towards Jonathan. Like he's saying this, I'm pretty sure. Cause he believes it. I see all over the internet people being like, yeah, but he's forced to say this stuff. Like, I don't think that's the case. Right. Jonathan. Okay. He's laughing. Jeff, Jeff, I, I live so far away from people in West Texas. I don't even know how long it would take to get someone that actually was capable of doing that over here. Oh, okay. Okay. No. So there he's saying this for real, Jeff touch on that. I got two last questions and we got about three minutes. Go ahead. I'll just touch on it briefly. Like, you know, Jomez is a fully functioning media company. If there was a need, uh, we would, at this point, you'd be in a position where we would take care of that. So if there's equipment needs, we take care of it. Um, we have capital budgets that are set yearly. They're assessed quarterly. Um, and, you know, if something finds its way onto there, you know, that that could be taken, uh, you know, in stride. But, you know, we try to lock our capital budgets yearly. We still have you know, over $300,000, you know, on that, uh, as long as we keep hitting our marks uh, for live infrastructure investment that we'll be announcing in the future um, of this year. And then, you know, come 2024, we'll probably look at the media department as a whole. So, I mean, you know, it, it will be based on, you know, the success of the business, but, you know, we assess, you know, capital needs on a, mm -hmm. on a basically a yearly basis. So, yeah, that's I mean, 
Yeah. I'm just going to say that's the win of uh, partnerships and owner. Like I said, there's so much Mike, our company benefits drastic ways because of that. All right. Here's two questions not related to this Jomez acquisition. Um, Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, again, I don't know the names of who it is, but they have a lawsuit filed against them. Uh, OTB Open is happening as planned. Is that accurate? You probably can't comment on the lawsuit, but OTB is on as planned. It's coming up. It's this week. Yes. Yeah. So TV is on his plans. Uh, we'll be coming to you live from Stockton, California on Friday. And uh, yeah, I can't comment on an ongoing litigation at this time, but um, you know, we're excited to move forward with, with OTB and it should be a, you know, some course changes should be a, a good battle out there. Awesome. And then the chat heard things in other interviews and tour cards came up and drug testing and everyone has been chanting, will weed be tested for? Do you have any idea? I know it's so far out, but it like, is that it, in your like wildest dreams? Is that what you're going for? Like, Hey, we want to make sure people aren't smoking weed. No, we don't, we don't have wildest dreams. We don't have a list. Um, we would be working with a third party that would make recommendations. Our, uh, our mm. board, the PDGA will be involved and, and make assessments based on, you know, what is, uh, you know, decision of, you know, recommending, you know, body, uh, the, the board of the PDGA, the board of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, so there's no, there's no list. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's, there's not really much to to project at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, once we get what once we get closer, you know, I'm sure there'll be some discussion on, you know, what what we see as recommendations from you know, kind of third parties, consultants, <laughs> vendors, that kind of stuff. The chat is not happy with the way I voiced the people asking about weed. Is weed? They're like, why did you have to ask it that way? So I asked it. I got it out there. There you go. Um, and then I heard docuseries, Paul Macbeth. When's that coming out? Like that's something Jomez is doing. Is that correct? That's something that we're, we're talking about right now. Actually, okay. that's something we have met about recently, oh, but okay. um, yeah, there's just some final planning going into that. Um, you know, it will be, um, you know, driven by, by Jomez um, and we, we don't have a final release date or distribution schedule, but we, internally we, we know most of that stuff um, and have an agreement with, with Paul um, and, it seems like, you know, kind of, I'm kind of trying to leave this one in, in Jonathan's hands at this point. So, <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it's, it, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of, uh, cool. You're kind of trying to feel out. Uh, and that's why we're not talking about a lot of details. That's fine. You know, what, the, what the content slate uh, will end up being, what the opportunities are, um, when projects will, will be released. So, you know, if we knew, uh, we would probably just tell you, but we're, no, we're that's working fine. on some of that stuff. I don't know if Jonathan has anything to add. You got, and I, and I say this with all due respect, we got Greg Barsby coming on in about a minute. So you get about 30 seconds to a minute, Jonathan. What do you got? Is this cool docuseries coming? Or you have it planned out already, or is it just a, a dream right now? No, it's definitely going to be one of the first projects that we've, uh, you know, aside from what I said, taking on FPO, this mm -hmm. is kind of one of the first projects that we had in mind that we can now pursue uh in ways that even 12 months ago we wouldn't have been in position to do so awesome. very excited for that and um yeah there's a huge uh network of of people that the pro tour is connected to that even over the years that we've been here that we you know are still outside of who the type of people that we know and so this is just like hey like help us out with this you know with sourcing a camera in in Norway or help us out with, you know, like finding an operator in, in this place. So this is the type of stuff we're excited about. We're certainly um, very 
excited to share more details about this this project and others as soon as uh, we possibly can. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for coming on, Jonathan. It's weird doing an interview with an old friend, if you will, like and Jeff, same thing. It's kind of weird. Like, I'm like, I'd rather just talk off camera and just have a good conversation. But we're trying to bring people what they're interested in. You guys just helped add value to our show. So we appreciate that. And uh, we believe our fans are going to love what you had to say. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you around. Uh, have good luck out there. I mean, you're you're getting back into the depth of the season here. So enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the last week is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's been, yeah. All right. yeah, it's been a wild ride, but we're we're happy to do it. And one last thing, Matt. Yeah. Great work on the beard, man. Oh, baby. <laughs> it's, Let's go. There's going to be a challenge soon where it's going to get shaved off. I know it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm until that point. We're, we're just here to I, I would fight it as long as I can. You look like you got it. You you're like on getting ready to, to join up with like the what's the team? What's the baseball team you guys got out there? What's the closest one? Oh, like the Red Sox, maybe Red Sox. There you go. Maybe uh, that's kind of what the, the vibe I'm getting, but I like it. <laughs> All right. That's I appreciate those kind words, Jonathan. I, the <laughs> chat comments on stuff every week. Matt's eyebrows are looking like it's always crazy. So thank you very much for that. All right. Without <laughs> yeah, further ado, we're going to let you go. Us. Get back to your life and we'll get back to ours. Thank you guys very much. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. Peace out. Bye. All right. Uh, without further ado, we don't want to keep him waiting. He is a very, very busy person. This guy, in fact, we've tried so for many years, times. years, years. I don't know what else he's to say. He's elusive. He's rare. We got Int him. Intern Ben says he's the most rare interview out there. We had to literally. Get him. Here we go. Let's bring him in. I don't know. Let's see. Is it a Gannon Burr interview? Is he driving down the road? Let's go. Here we go. Everybody, uh, world champion and most recently Santa Cruz Masters Cup champion, Greg Barsby. Welcome to the show, my dude. We're so happy to have you on. How are you doing? Oh, no. It's muted you. It, for some reason, it has you muted. We can see you beautifully. <clears throat> Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It always works for our guest. You know how you can close out Safari to swipe it away and tap the link and go in one more time. Just close it out, go back in that link, and let's see if that works again. Like you can, yeah, perfect. Go, no, try like actually closing out the stream. Like, like quit Safari. Like leave this place. Leave it, totally close it out. Close it, swipe it away, then come back at the link. Oh, he's gone now. I can't hear what I'm saying. Okay. And he, yeah, okay. No, he's not. He just shut off his camera. Oh. I'm gonna hang up on him. Oh, okay, he, came, he hung up. Let's see. Let's see if the third time's a charm. Can we hear you, yes, Greg? Yes. Okay, we can. Okay, bring him up. Bring him up, Greg. Coming, coming back. Coming back. Welcoming him back to the show. I don't know why, but we can hear you now. Yes. What's up? What's yeah. up, dude? Oh man, I thought we got the most rare interview, and then we can't even hear him. So, dude, <laughs> you, there's so much to talk about. You have about probably 12 minutes right now. You just took down ah. Masters Cup. You did it. You said for the, the old guard, if you will, you had top 10 players there, handfuls of them. You came down. We, we're not spoiling it. I think the coverage is out. You came down. It, you ended up forcing a playoff. Tell us about how the playoff went and then tell us what the victory felt like. Oh, man. Well, yeah, the playoff was I didn't know what was going to happen from like this pretty much the start of it till the very end. It was it was totally wild. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, you know, hole one, I felt like I threw the perfect shot and got up in there for the three, and it, it hit a root and rolled back, like right to circle's edge. And then 
you know, for somebody that, that I, you know, I don't want to spoil, but you asked. So, I mean, and then, uh, it's not Alden spoiled. It, the coverage is out. Alden threw it underneath the log, which, you know, it's just the tale of two lines, right? Like mine got over the log, looked great, hit the root, roll back. And then his slid right under. So maybe three foot closer than I was, but, um, yeah, I didn't make the version. I thought it was over right there. Um, but Alden didn't close. And then we pretty much played it out from, from there. I watch putt on the next hole after throwing a great drive. He also threw a great drive. So, you know, props to Alden. We, we battled it out. I know that, um, he didn't have a good approach shot on the third, uh, third playoff hole. And once I finally got the opportunity, just got to close the door from 50, 52 feet uphill. So and that's that. Yeah. Um, you told me in a text message, there was a little bit of a somber feel to the week or the event. Um, JB, I don't mean to like go down that road necessarily, but did you feel like the community was different that week at, at, on the disc golf course? Uh, just definitely a sense of, of family, you know, and, uh, like I said, it was really somber, you know, there's a lot of tears out there. We've, we've all known JB for a really long time. I'm, I met JB when I was probably 13 or 14, mm. you know, in a Santa Cruz staple and local masters world champion in 2011. And just everybody loved JB. We all love JB. So, yeah. You know, really, uh, really sad weekend for a lot of, the people that were out there, but you know, you had like Tommy, Tom shot was out there. All of the guys out there for 40 years were really out. It, it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving into a different topic. What, what are you doing? You just told me again in a text message, short conversation. You're like, Hey, we're running. What is it called? The high energy tour or something like that. You're doing oh, yeah. High energy tour. You're putting this on. Is that correct? My girlfriend and Philo and I, uh, this is our tour that we, we kind of started in 2016, but you know, we're, we're going to move it stateside. We've got three stops this year. Uh, we're doing San Leandro tomorrow to a maxed out crowd. We've got 120 players coming out to play a flex start. And then we've got two clinics going on. Um, our special guest is Matt Bell for this season. So he's going to be teaching his putting secrets and I'll be doing the forehand and Philo will be teaching his philosophy and <laughs> yeah, we're back to the community, right? That's that's kind of the whole goal of the high tours to to invigorate with all the all the players and fans and, and a lot of our friends. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the current state of disc golf? Now this is not your like I mean, you have as long as you want, but you don't have as long as you want tonight. You're busy. Um the explosion is more what I'm talking about. The the amount that's happening. It's a different, how many people recognize you still and give you credit for all that you've done? I, and like, what do you think about the current state of disc golf? Um, man, that's a loaded question. Man. I mean, I'm going on, I think my, uh, 21st year in the pros. So I've been playing for 30 years. It's incredible. You know, I heard this from the guys way back when I started, you know, five, 10 years, it's, the game's going to blow up, you know, it's going to get big and, it's really special to see uh, how big it's getting. Um, you know, as far as uh, people recognizing me, you know, I, it's cool. It happened every once in a while in public, but it's nothing like, nothing crazy. You know, typically if we go to a course, maybe it'll happen more. But, um, you know, but just everybody working. I think, I think the, big, the big thing to point out is everybody working so hard. Um, 
from the players, uh, the sponsors working hard to make make the best discs possible, to you know, all the media companies and the pro tour coming in now and and um, putting in front of everybody, having a live streaming service. It's kind of ridiculous, you know. There's so much. There's so much work to be done, and and there's so many people that are out doing it. You know, from the commentating, um, I, you know, I just picked up Philo from the airport. That guy's busy as ever. He's he's going to be commentating, you know, some tournament in the near future. And, and that's that's the one to me. There's so there's so much happening in the game. Mm-hmm. To see a point is just incredible. Really, it's like a it's a dream come true. There's also I think some challenges come with it, but I probably don't want to go into some of my personal feelings about specifics. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I would consider you a legend and people have to give you this credit. Obviously you don't give it to yourself. I'd consider you a legend in disc golf. Now there's other legends that you see in disc golf, but we see you as one of those. Um, I'm trying, where am I, where am I going with this? I just wanted to say that. No, where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself trying to get fitting attempting to be in disc golf for the rest of your life like i've heard players be like i want to get a course and some property and i want to just make it a destination or i want to commentate or whatever like where do you see your future in disc golf like you're still winning i'm not calling you old and outdated but like (laughs) you got to be projecting you got to be projecting a little bit where you want to get to Uh, uh funny enough in the award speech last night i said you know there's not not every course that i can win on i don't think so to pull down at a course. You know, I just want, I want to do it all. I guess that's kind of, that's my deal. I always just want it all and I want it now, which is really tough. But, so, you know, we're, we're building the high energy this year. Like we only have three stops, but um, we want to bring like the best possible environment for the people and the fans and the, and the players and our staff and our volunteers. Um, you know, I, I want to my own little training facility out there. Uh, I did import the Seeger bags from Norway, so you know, couldn't find a I couldn't find a deal that I felt was was right for me. So I decided that I would just import those bags myself and, and start to distribute them and and you know build up some credibility for that bag. It's very popular in Europe, so um, I think it's going to get more and more popular here. As built, gross. Those are all at the warehouse, stuff like that. Um, I'd love to do commentate. Those guys are ballers. They're like up in the early morning or like super late. I think it's this thing that really kind of got me. Okay. Um, I know you're, uh, people think I'm rushing you, but really it's the fact that we know your time's valuable. You have some amazing date you're going on, right? Thank you. Yeah, well, um, we're going we're gonna to go out to dinner. We have a 5.30. Um, and we're going for Thai food. We're here in Oakland. This is, I'm at the Airbnb tonight because we've got the event tomorrow. Okay. Uh, stuff behind the scenes, right? You got to write players meeting and answer emails and all this stuff. So Dude, it's a work day. It's incredible. And I understand and I'm serious. You are incredibly busy and I appreciate so much coming on. Last, uh, que- last question for you. And I, I know you'll remember because it was probably a bad memory. Who decided to pick... <laughs> Who decided to pick you up uh, off the side of one of the highways at a rest stop once after, you know, Manny, Manny dr- picked you up, drove you a portion. I picked you up. I'm like, let's get you to Maple Hill. You, oh my it, gosh. People know this, that I talk a lot. We just started talking, you and me, telling stories back and forth. 
we drive right by the exit. Another we added oh, an, we dra- added an, <laughs> we added another hour to the trip to get to Maple, which was great for me. <laughs> You're hijacked. Then I brought you to my house and I said, "Hey, come down in my basement and look through my discs." You found a disc. You said, "Can I have this?" And I said, "Yes." It, I don't care where it is. It's a story that I have. You were climbing through the basement before it was finished. Do you remember that story? A green comet. Yes. Okay. It was a green comet, and everyone knows that's the disc I love. So there you go. Green comet. That was back in the discraft days. Yeah, that was uh, that was you know, touring. I guess I have a band, so it does gotten a little. Better, but uh, this West Coast swing, we decided not to drive the van. Where we flew out and we're doing the the Turo and the Airbnbs and staying with some friends. So, you know, you have to put it together when I just, I love this game so much. It's it's crazy. I just go across the world for it and all this, you never know the adventure you're going to go on. And that's part of the, that's, that's part of touring sometimes for me. Just, you know, going with serendipity of life and figuring out how you're going to, and you miss a turn and then it's like, what was it? Miles on the the mass turnpike till the next turnaround. So, like, um, I did not. I did not want to tell you that I missed the exit, but then you were going to question. You were going to question why we were turning around. So I was like, I have to tell him we missed that twenty five minutes ago, bro. Uh, so, um, last question here, the chat question. We're just picking one out of the hat here. What's the bag that Greg Barsby is importing? Is they're asking about a bag that you're importing? Yeah, it's called the Seeger bag. Um, originally, it's made by Google out of Norway. Um, manufacturing, developed the bag. They're switching to where it's just going to be Seeger bag. So right now, it's at the tail end of the Guru Seeger bag. Now it's just going to be Seeger bag. Um, so we're we're building and developing. You can check them out. Um, you can buy one on SeegerBagUSA.com. Um, although. I think we're going to be migrating platforms to see your bags. Um, just keep up with me. We'll, we'll be posting and Yeah. You can, you can look up, see your bags on Instagram, follow the guru account. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much. We've got uh, three different colors. Check them out. You can use my code, Greg 10. You can use Proctor's code. Proctor's been killing it. Let's talk about him for a second, man. I can't believe it was a crazy rundown yesterday. It was, it was bonkers. Um, I encourage everybody to go watch the video. Hey, you were not second fiddle. You were first fiddle, but we also tried to get James. That guy wanted to come on. He said he was too busy. I think, I don't know. You might be just as busy as him, but you made time for us. So man, we appreciate it. Um, definitely James Proctor is the man. Um, is there anything else you want to promote before you leave? It's a great platform to do it. We want to give you the space to do it. And, that'd be, and then we'll let you go. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. I know it was short notice. High Energy Tour, follow us on Instagram, follow my Instagram, I'll do a ton, but I try. And, um, you know, thank you for supporting all the tours, everybody that comes out to the, the Pro Tour, we appreciate it, um, all the good stuff. Um, anything else that I want to promote, you know, <laughs> have, a good, have a good time with the, the people that you love and, and your friends, go out and play golf, um, really, really and try to, try to take the time to care about each other. And, um, thank you for the opportunity to have me on. Um, anything else? I, yeah, huge thanks to Innova Discs, my main sponsor, and Millennium Golf Discs. You know, I was cranking on my uh, my new J 
weekend. I did throw mid-ranges this weekend. Got some birdies. Um, and Alden, you know, he's a he's a really, really good player, man. He is so smooth watching him play. Um, he played some great golf. You know, somebody had to win. Someone has to win. So, um, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. People in the chat, they're, they're going to go watch the coverage just because you won is what they're telling us. So there you go, dude. You got a lot of love out there. When you make it back up here to the Northeast, we'll definitely see you. High five, and and maybe I'll uh, take you for a ride. We'll get lost a little bit more this time, but <laughs> thanks for coming on. All right. Guys, thank you to all the fans. Thank you to all the listeners. I appreciate it. All right. Peace out, Greg. Have a good one. All right, everybody. That was world champion Greg Barsby. Now, I don't usually comment on like, hey, why are the time, the schedule happening the way it is? Let's bring it Evan back in. Two up. Let's go two up. It... it was a packed schedule tonight, Evan. Like it was like, we have pro tour Jeff spring who I'm familiar with talking a lot. Just like I do. You have Jonathan Gomez, two people at once. It's hard to give them both the time of day. And then we know that Greg is getting on right at the top of the hour. And I have a text that says promptly he had somewhere to go and I'm trying to crush the first interview. It's just hard. It's the nature of a live show. One day, if we go not live, we can, you know, draw things out. But we're, we have Gannon coming yeah. on in about seven minutes. Yeah, we got seven minutes. So I'm going to give you some credit here. That Both those interviews back-to-back were fantastic. I, I The Jeff Spring and Jonathan Gomez one, I, I think I listened to two out of three or three out of four of their interviews this past week. And so you killed it. Uh, <laughs> I know we were uh, in a short time uh, crunch. I, I did have some questions. I know I'm not the best interviewer. I don't always do it. Usually we have Nick on too, and you and Nick uh, have a good flow back and forth, but you were just crushing it. I'm like, you know what? Like my questions aren't as good. Matt's crushing it. Let's roll with this. I think you gave people answers that they were hoping uh, other interviews did uh, not, not to put down any other interviews. I thought they were all the, all the other ones were fantastic. Yeah. You know, it depends on when you get them to. Obviously, we're uh, six days late now, so we're not going to get the basic news. We're going to ask the uh, extra little details, which worked out well. And, and then straight into Barsby, like you said, you, that was that was awesome. Glad we got him on. He's I I agree. He's a legend of the sport, even though he sees other people as more legendary than him or legends to him. He absolutely is a legend. Uh, and I just want to say, last uh, twenty eighteen Worlds. That's a uh, his his world champion year at smugglers notch in vermont we're getting back there this year he wins at masters cup we never know he actually finished seventh at gmc last year he's never finished outside the top 20 at smugglers notch i don't know i'm getting goosebumps man not not that i'm picking <laughs> yes. him to win but i'm getting excited for it and i think it'll be cool there, there, there's so much yeah i i can feel that excitement that you were just bringing i People who have been around the sport for long enough, this is, I think, my 17th year. Barsby was a figure at a core level before Paul Macbeth, before Ricky, before, not before everybody, but like when I came in, he was a core figure. And I always wondered, he's so good, will he win anything? So it was so awesome to see when he won Worlds. Uh, like, incredible. It's like, the people's champion, I think is what people are saying. Like, and now it's like Barsbarians unite. What a great guy. His audio was just a little off. I think his phone was trying to like get rid of background noise, but like, we're like just taking it in. We're like, please, I want to hear the words he's saying. So I'm so glad he made the time to do that. He is incredibly busy today. He's running an event. 
he's got all the event build up, the players meetings, the dinners, the all the stuff. So very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and for those who didn't know, have a yeah. Let me just say oh, for those I, who didn't know, yeah. I brought up somebody JB. It's public knowledge, but he did commit suicide, um, and that's a ripple through the whole disc golf world. Um, people being reminded of the value of life. And I just wanted to give context to that question. I knew Greg, he alluded to me earlier, the disc golf world was affected. I wanted to give Greg an opportunity to say something. And that's kind of why he also closed out like he did, you know, let people know, kind of like Nick always says, let people know you care, let them know that you love them. So that's all. I just wanted to give context to that. What do you got, Evan? No, very well said. Um, I, I actually don't even remember what I was going to say originally, but I did, I did want to give uh, Greg an, an extra shout out. I, I believe I saw him in Vegas. That, that had to be where it is because he was talking about his new bag. Um, it, that dude is seriously excited about that bag. Like It's not just like him trying to be salesman, like just the one that he's repping for this season and he's going to hop to a next. He was excited about that one. That one has the little like secret. No, I shouldn't say secret. It's, I think it's very well known. It has the back pocket, so it has zippers on both sides. And he was just, he was stoked about it. He, he was, he was excited for the year. So I think that's cool. And uh, if you're a Greg Barsby fan, try to support him the best you can. Yeah. Um, he remembered the color of the that disc. Was wild. <clears throat> and you know, it was accurate because everyone knows that we talk about comets all the time. So like when you said comet, I was like, he's not just making up a disc. Like he actually remembered and then the color. And I'm trying to remember what year that was that, dude that it's probably 10 years at least but i don't recall even that he might know that too but yeah so that was yeah. cool it, and that story is all too real that mass pike doesn't treat worcester worcester well <laughs> once you get pat it's like ah, oh, going to sturbridge and then after sturbridge it's like ah, oh, you're pretty much in springfield like there's not a lot in between and uh dude. yeah i but as soon as i heard that i'm like ah, oh, yep too relatable that's a that's a story that's <laughs> you didn't make that up when I'm driving by the exit, Evan, like I'm just like, oh no, you know, you get like the sweats. You're like, what did I just do? Yeah. Like he's trying to get to Maple Hill and it's not that far from Boston, but I like doubled his trip length. We just kept going. And I'm like, at what point do I tell him? Like we drove past it. It was when we had to go to turn around. I was like, by the way, about a half hour ago, I drove by our exit. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Good times. Yeah. You know what? It came up twice tonight. Greg's been down here in the basement. I don't need to do a, a, you know, who's who, but a lot of incredibly impactful people. And I'm thinking about it. Like Greg, I put him way up there now. Like we've had Paul down here. That's way up there. Um, we've had lots of impactful people. Joe Mez, the whole crew has been down here. Uh, the list goes on and on, but like, that is cool. And you know, what's funny about that? And I'm not saying cool. Like I, I'm cool. I got that. Like my kids, again they're probably upstairs i'm looking up they see these players walk through the door and at this point they'll give the respect of like hey hi but they're like i don't know how to say it they don't have that like awestruck starstruck feeling to them there's like hi and they're like who else is coming tonight dad you know like let's have you know anyways they're, they're oh, i gotta see that. simon for the 20th billionth time i gotta record uh, i got to that's a good idea dude i gotta record that sometime when he walks through the door how my kids react because people in disc golf will not understand it he walks through the door and he says hey guys and they they'll they'll glance away from whatever they're like reading or watching or or, or on their laptop studying or whatever 
and they'll just look over and go, hi, and then go back to their laptops. They're just like, <laughs> dude, we've seen you so many times now. <laughs> like, they don't have a clue. Yeah, that's kind of twofold. I mean, that's that's what's so cool about uh, disc golf and just the stage we're at is it, the biggest names in the, uh, in the sport are so easy to get to. And, you know, Matt, you've made a name for yourself, and uh, you kind of have that uh, – clout maybe i don't know if that's the right word a name but, there's good uh, and bad i've a made a name just straight up yeah i mean i would say it's more than good <laughs> okay. than bad thanks uh, but but yeah that you what's can, your percentage uh, we're doing percentages tonight good versus bad <laughs> i don't know it's hot it's higher than ganon bursting with prodigy good <laughs> that, that's a weird way to say that no it's pretty high i'd say Ganon, it's over ganon's 90%. in the room right now too <laughs> oh no <laughs> well he can tell us uh, he's sideways right so, now i don't know why his phone's locked sideways we'll let him figure that one out but uh but what to say is you just have access to the biggest names in the uh, sport i i'm sports are hard i'm i want to say support i don't know i i'm struggling today it's monday uh but the the fact that your kids are able to meet these players and they're so easy uh just to say hi to but then also just like i mean players like simon you know they're just normal people you know, that's, that's all they are. You know, they're, they're very good at their own Frisbees and they're just down to earth, relatable people. Greg Barsby's the same way. And so when you meet them, it, it feels normal. It feels like you just, you know, met someone at league or you ran into someone at the grocery store, like one of those things. And so r really cool, just all around and those stories put into perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, you say the regular people and that's the fun part is you get to see the regular side, but when you go out and play disc golf with them, there's no way they're regular. Like, <laughs> well, their skills aren't regular. Yeah, no, their skills are not regular. at all. Their personalities yeah. are. They're not like Simon's not like, oh, I've won more pro tour events than anyone in the last 365 <laughs> days. <laughs> no, like no, no one can touch no. me. I just signed a huge contract and it, it may or may not be a million dollars a year. Ha -ha. No, like, it, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but <laughs> when you get into the friend level, Simon, you know, he'll, he'll throw a few jabs out there like that. And that was like when we hung out with Paul Macbeth before, right? So it was snowing. We're at 501 Disc Golf Course. Shout out 501, a little bit west of here. I was there today. And it starts snowing. I'm there with Paul, Nick, and Hannah. And Paul starts sweeping the tee pads. And we're like, there's your world champion sweeping tee pads. And he's, he said something like, we're like, you're not throwing well today. And he goes, what did he say? Was, he had a sweep that year or something. He's like, I'm the only one with a sweep here or something. It was like, had, he, he was throwing the jabs at us. But, but Paul, I mean, he, in terms of like kindness, I've only had a few interactions. In terms of kindness, I'm sure he's, he's the same, but he, he's got a little bit of an edge, you know? <laughs> I'm sure if like, if you, if I, if I beat Paul McBeth in, like the silliest competition. Like we were throwing pool noodles <laughs> in the air and seeing how high you could get it or, you know, touch a speck on the wall, like something dumb like that. And I started bragging in the slightest. I, he would, he would not, he would want to beat me in every other thing possible for the rest of the night. I would assume I, not that I've done that with him, but that's my guess. You know, it's true. you get where I'm going with that. Yeah. You, I, you guys I, know him better than I do. Of course. It's, uh, it's weird talking about like friendships and interactions with people, like we said, who are normal people, but then we have a show who are really interested and it starts to turn into this weird like dynamic. But I will say in this, in this much, like we've played board games with him and like, just like it, I, I say disc golfers all are like this. They're competitive. Yeah. You don't want to lose the board game. And they'll be like, they'll rub it in your face when they beat you. They're like, I just beat you at monopoly too. Like what else can we do? So yes, competitive people at heart. And we have Gannon Burr, who's a competitor in our green room. Let's bring him in. Uh, let's welcome to the show, everybody, Gannon 
Burr. I don't know his middle name or else I might have said it. Gannon Blank Burr. Gannon Burr. Gannon, what's your, what's your middle name, dude? Oh, man, he's muted. Why, why does this happen? I don't Every Gannon time. Just exit real quick and then come back and you'll be good. Yeah, it's an exit comeback trick and I do not understand it. It only happens sometimes. We're going to have to like I'm, reproduce I'm going to hang this. up on you again and then just join back. We're going to reproduce. All right, let's, pl let's play a game. Play a game. Andrew. Gannon <laughs> Andrew Burr? No, it's... No, that uh, that's not it. Michael. I'd say Marie. Gannon Marie. We got Marie. the M's. Michael. No. I'm kind of hoping it's an O. Uh, Arrested Development shout out right there. If All right, he's back. Oh, we can hear him. Oh, oh, dad. Yeah, the the comeback trick always works. Dude, All right, what's Gannon what's your middle Marie name? Burr. Gannon, middle name. Gannon Gannon. Marie. I'm, I don't know if I want to share it. Okay, you don't have <laughs> to. What what letter? What letter? F. F Frederick. We Franklin Diz. Did Franklin. I really get it? First try. Yes. <laughs> No ben, what'd you say? Frederick. How did you get that? Oh. <laughs> How did I get that? That is insane. Well, the, the, yes, yeah, so I actually feel weird about that because we all know that uh, Gannon Burr from Intern Ben is a thing. Dude, I had I had zero idea, Gannon. Like I I that was a complete guess out of my brain. Okay. Proud of myself. I had a hamster. I had a hamster named Frederick growing up. Got so. it. Oh, wow. Pretty interesting name for a hamster. <laughs> Wait, he's with Alden. We just interviewed Greg. We can wait. Get the runner up too. Whoa, who are we? Oh, we were interviewing um Silas, and we saw the arm of Gavin. Now we're interviewing Gannon, and we see the arm of of Alden. Okay, good job, Alden. Greg gave you a shout out in the recent interview. We just did it with him just now, and he's like, "Dude, Alden." He's like, "Baller." And he laughs. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, such a baller. Such a ball. A disker. Is that a thing? Like, you're such a disker. That's pretty lame. <laughs> That's pretty lame. All right. Enough of the casual talk. Dude, you made an announcement. Like, can you do you want to just read your Facebook status or do you want to tell us in your own words? Uh, basically, uh, Proj and I came to a resolution and I'm going to finish out my uh, contract currently, which expires at the end of this year. Okay. It, that's short and sweet. Um, you came to an agreement. Is there any details to this agreement? Is it the same agreement? Did you get anything out of this? Are they getting yeah. anything out of this yeah. or is it just like straight up? We're just going back to the old contract. Yeah. I'm, I'm just playing out my existing contract. Okay. Um, I mean, we want to, we, people probably want to know what happened. Like just conversations. Did you actually sit down or was it always, um, uh, someone advising you like talking for you? Like, or did you do the talking with prodigy yourself? Um, I, I definitely had some, some help, but, uh, I, don't, I can't, I can't really say too much on that, I guess, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had some help for sure. Okay. Um, are you happy? I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad I can, I guess, just at least know what's happening. You know, no, no matter how it ended, I guess. I, I'm not, like, in under anything right now. So it, for that to be, for the lawsuit to be dropped um, feels good. Just that way I can focus 
100 percent on disc golf and not have to worry about like what's happening to me you know interesting i didn't i actually didn't even think of that part you said the lawsuit was dropped we know that there was that restraining order at one point was dropped i think that's what they call it but so the lawsuit is officially over it's like is it thrown in the trash it's like done yeah nice nice so yeah that must be really a good feeling um if you had to give like your own words how was that feeling playing disc golf knowing that that like lawsuit was there compared to now the feeling of not having it like what is that like uh it's not really much different it was a little stressful at the beginning of the year um and then i obviously as the year went on it kind of like faded a little bit i really kind of turned my brain on just disc golf obviously it was still kind of in the back of my head but um now you know not, not much is really changing i'm just gonna uh, focus a little bit more and have one less thing to worry about pretty much good Evan, I've left you in the corner for too long tonight. I do not want to do that with this interview if you have any questions, so be sure to speak up. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'll say, Gannon, you played, uh, I mean, you, Alden, and a few others played Masters Cup this weekend. It's not on tour this year. What was your reason to play an event that wasn't on tour? Well, I was the defending champion, so I wanted to uh, kind of come back and defend my title. I also saw the payout was even better than it was last year, even though it's only an A tier this year. Oh, is that Isaac <laughs> Isaac Robinson to our listeners? Is that I think it's Isaac. Who is it? This What's up? we just need to do an exclusive contract deal with like the four of you or the however many it is now, five of you. It just keeps growing. Like we will figure out some deal and you just come on our show every week because you guys are all winning. Alden do you hear does alden hear me you think he 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 left because him and isaac are giggling outside okay so i wondered if my my wife heard that alden almost won and she's like even she she's like she's like in disc golf because we all are she's like if alden won that kind of would have fit like proven what's happening out there like cannon's winning majors isaac's i was like it's not a major but i get what you're saying <laughs> so um yeah were you root obviously you were but like yeah. rooting for alden you were like come on baby yeah I, I obviously love greg and alden both uh but i have to say i was definitely going for alden just because he's my best friend um and i just unfortunately two like pretty easy forehand up shots and he he doesn't really throw any forehands so he threw backhands on him which kind of made the shot a little bit trickier so he ended up missing a like 30 foot putt to win on the first hole of the playoff pushed the second hole and then had a very similar approach for the third hole of the playoff and then hit a tree and was, was like a hundred and something feet out. And then Greg made like a super sick, like 55, 60 footer uphill. It was, it was one of the sickest moments I've been a part of because it was, you know, I, I feel like for some reason, like when you think of Masters Cup, you think of Greg Barsby, obviously he got that forehand roller ace, which is just unreal. You have to be there to understand how like unprobable that is. I'd say it's probably the most rare moment in disc golf in terms of just how difficult the shot was. It's just, I'd put it over the the holy shot for sure. I mean, it, it was it's unbelievable. It's like a hundred times harder than that. I would feel like so, um, maybe even more. I it just I don't understand how it's possible, especially <laughs> when they played on mock mock, mock threes back then with terrible baskets. So, um, yeah, but uh, it was uh, it was fun, super fun cards the whole week. Uh, final round was me, Alden, Jacob Blair, and James Proctor. So that was super fun, and uh, my play was not the best. <laughs> Uh, I had my worst round rated, I believe, in four years. 
oh. other than when I had like a broken leg basically. So, uh, yeah, really, really bad round for me. It, it was a super weird round. I, it felt like I got, I felt like I was throwing, I had one disc that I had been leaning on the whole week. And then for some reason, I, I don't know if I hit a rock or something, but like the bottom, I think was a little bit scuffed and it was like flipping over on me and it was my stable disc. And it probably only cost me a couple strokes, but like my confidence was, was a little bit lower just with that disc. And, um, I just, I would throw pretty good shots that just would hit a tree and then end up like 90 feet away. And I just pitch it for par. Felt like that every single hole and no birdies the final round for me, just four pokies. Um, you know, at that point, I still saw the payout. It was a pretty solid payout. Um, I don't even know if that round's going to stick on my rating. So I potentially could average average the highest rated at that event of anybody. Um, You know, it was a super weird final round just because no one played good. Uh, I think our card was like seven over as a card because I was four over, Jacob was three over, Proctor was even. Okay, Alton was two down. So we played like five over as a card. So just really weird, weird day. I don't know. It's like we all just like got some bad breaks, played terrible. It was, it was a weird day. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking now, uh, trying to look right now. Did you just say you, did you say you had the highest average event rating, but you also shot one of your worst? Dope, because the round doesn't count towards my rating. Oh, okay. I just meant like average, like the highest technically, because it won't count towards my rating. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that happened to Paul at Paul at Champions Cup. Um, last year he ended up shooting like a thousand rated around like right at a thousand and then he shot like 1090 the next round so he, he that that thousand didn't count so he ended up averaging higher than anyone i think wow interesting yeah. that we're talking about ratings again evan <laughs> ben <laughs> would you look I at love that ratings you you love using ratings is that what you just said i think they're fun they're just fun to talk about yeah i don't know yeah this is they're they're weird they're definitely there needs to be some i feel like it's we're in a weird position because like at the same time, I feel like they're not really like like uh, I'm trying to think what was the tournament we played recently with terrible ratings. I mean, Champions Cup had like really terrible ratings, um, where uh, like like 12 down at the Champions Cup was like a 1070 maybe on the dot ish, and then like 12 down at like Fountain Hills was like also a 1070, which is just unbelievable. Um, Big Jeremy has definitely talked about introducing the bell curves that where, you know, once you get further under par, each stroke matters a little bit more. So you'd have those, you know, super like, oh, like James Conrad even, and like 17 down at Jonesboro. Now, obviously, we did no win, but that round is just insane. Um, and to have that be like the same as like a 15 down at Fountain Hills is crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the ratings are fun, though, just because it's a, it's a somewhat accurate way. I mean, I, in, in the end, it doesn't really matter if for the tour because if all the tour players are playing the same events we're either all getting i mean we're all getting the same type of rating no matter what just depends how good you play so i i will say this from i'm glad you shared that i think the way you talked about it it's just easier to communicate with ratings whether they are exact again we're not talking player uh player ratings i think that's a different conversation or for you to come out and say Oh, you know, 12 down was rated 1,070 or, hey, I shot my worst rated round ever. It was this or I shot like, 
I can relate to that and understand how your play was. If you say, Matt, I shot 1,080. I'm like, I know how he played. I don't need to know if it was 1,082 or 1,075. I know how you played. Yeah, you played pretty dang good. So Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I like ratings for that aspect. Exactly. Like if I tell you my eight-year-old shot an 844 rated round this weekend, eight years old, like you go, that's probably pretty yeah. good for an eight-year-old. Pretty good. Pretty good. So th- that's my point. But if I say, hey, he shot even or he shot plus, you know, seven, you're like, what is that? But I say 844, yeah. you go, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, so my bad. Uh, I just shot my first uh, 990 rated round. Here I come pro tour. What? Oh, here uh, I come pro I mean, tour. He's, uh, Ben's got distance, at least, for the Pro Tour. <laughs> Everything else, no. But the distance, baby. Let's distance. go. The putting. If you put... I, haven't seen you, I haven't seen the rest of your game. I've seen your backhand form. I haven't really seen it. Anymore. Hey, when you come to MVP Open, one, we'll record a video. Okay? I know you said you want to. We can do... And we'll have to play around. So... Sure. Uh, yeah, I've got ideas. I was already thinking through this, like who we we're going to hit up. We're going to do some extra content. And, yeah, sure. and we'll see you on Monday in studio or else. <laughs> I mean, we'll be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, Friday. yeah, you're staying over, right? Yeah, Matt, that's still happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're pizza to, we're every night. Episode per night. Pizza every night. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. An episode per night. We'll just let them run the show. Recaps. Like, I'll go upstairs and watch the show. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be cool. Okay. Do it up. Um, so you just dropped that a news. That's why we started out with it, that you're staying with Prodigy. That was a pretty big news item for the, the disc golf world coming just in the beginning of the season. Now you're saying you're staying. The question's out there, and I don't know how you want to answer. Don't. No, that's up to you. But um, is there? what are the percentage chances that you're staying with Prodigy? Is that up in the air? Like at the end of the season, or are you guys both like mutually like, you know what? We know it's over at the end of this. Like, where are you guys at with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, uh, next year is just a clean slate for really anything to happen. So, mm. I mean, literally anything can happen next year. There you go, Evan. That percentage that that answer doesn't help your percentage guess. Evan was trying to guess percentages earlier. <laughs> we we all try to guess percentages. Don't have to throw no, me. No, it was Evan. He came up with <laughs> but, the idea. No. <laughs> yeah, solely me. Uh, but I, I wanted to hop into Gannon. You're sitting number two in Disc Golf Pro Tour points right now. Do you have a, a set placing and points that you're aiming for this season? There's a new uh, Tour Championship format um, with the starting stroke advantage. Is that anything you're worried about? Is it just playing your best each weekend? What's your kind of thoughts with that? Um, I, I obviously want to get number one, but Calvin is just so good this season it feels almost impossible to catch him um the only chance i feel like i'd have to catch him is if if he just has like a three or four tournament stretch where he does really bad and i like to do super super good but that's you, you know you're obviously your you're top you're uh, i think it's top eight like at least like elite series count towards your pro tour points so you know he's already had enough good ones where i don't think it would really matter um it'll come down to like the elite plus and the playoffs and the majors so um yeah, I'm not. I, I did a decent Champions Cup. I got my got my points. Uh, I ended up beating him at Champions Cup, but uh, I'm not going to Europe. And then Worlds is my only other only other major. So um, until obviously before USDGC. Uh, but I, I'm pretty happy with being second in Pro Tour standings after my really rough start to the season. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit more informed now, and I feel you know 
game game felt okay last weekend. I just need to dial some things up. Uh, my my probably my main goals for just to get to number one or whatever is is really just to start off a tournament hot. I haven't really done that yet. I feel like like at least that good where I'm on lead card after the first round or I'm leaving the tournament by a couple strokes after the first round. That's really my goal. Uh, I seem to play a lot better when I'm on the lead card or I'm ahead of everybody um, than I do if I'm trying to chase. Chasing is just sometimes a little bit difficult because you're pushing a little bit too hard and then it'll bite you in the butt a little bit. Hmm. And we got this uh, West Coast swing coming up. What event do you feel best for that you have the best shot at taking down or, or the best finish? Yeah, I feel really good about OTB in Portland. Um, I guess those are really the only two. I, I mean, two big, big ones. Um, maybe I feel a little bit better at Portland just because there's, like, OTB is, like, the whole course is flat. Like, there's no hills at all. There's nothing. Uh, Portland's got some hills, which I, I kind of like that aspect. It makes it a little more challenging sometimes. Um, and I, I don't know. I, although... Like wooded courses are a lot more fun for me, and it feels really good when you're on in a wooded course. I, I seem to just play way better when, when I'm in the open because I, I feel like I'm like when I'm in the woods. Sometimes you feel like suffocated just by the gap, and you know in the open, I feel like I would if you said throw a shot at that tree. That's you know you like sometimes like especially me whenever I play like any course, I'll pick a tree in the background to throw it, even if it's like two thousand feet away from me. I'll like oh, I'll pick a tree that's like the tip of it or something like that. Um, like I could hit that every time, but you put me in the woods, it's a little more stressful. So in the open, I seem to just execute my shots, and there's some there's room to kind of move your disc within the airspace as long as you can get it to where the basket is. So there's a lot of you know placement golf. There's a lot of just do it however you can get to the basket the best, and obviously whoever does it the best and drives the best is probably going to win the tournament. Yeah, so speaking of in the woods, Gannon, um, give me some insight. How do you hit gaps? You need to, You should have asked Silas that question. <laughs> What's the key? You just are you aiming at something like, dude? I, I I I say aim at trees. That's the best way to hit a gap. From what I've heard from most people, is aim at a tree. So if I have a gap like 200 feet in front of me, personally, I like to aim at the left tree, and then I'll drag it over on an Anheuser. That will come to flat. That's like the best way for me. So to you get throw it at the tree. You heard it here. You throw it at the tree because it's. I don't know. I feel like I feel like you can get away with it more if you throw it at a tree. So if you throw a shot that you know is going to go through, like if you throw, like if you throw a flat line, if you have like two trees and you throw a flat line at the left tree with a flippy disc, like it's it can only go right. You're not going to miss the tree left unless you super miss your line. So that's that's my only piece of advice, pretty much. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I needed it. Yep. <clears throat> I'm bad. I think I think you aim at the trees and you hit them. You're just I think I, I think I do. Yeah, I think I the the part where he said, you know, he shanks it unless you shank the shot really badly. The, I think that's me. That I'm in that. Yeah. Um no, we're getting there. I'm getting better, but still hard. Still hard out here. All right. Um Gannon, you are throwing well at uh, the disc golf pro tour in my, from my perspective is just getting tougher. The players are getting better. And like, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but like Alden is doing incredible <laughs> for our listeners. It's pretty fun doing these interviews with cameras. You, you got to come on and check them out. Um, Silas comes out and shoots. Well, Isaac does like, and I'm, I mean this seriously, it's your group there, but like 
players are all coming out different weeks playing so well. It's hard to win anymore, but you're playing well. How would you rate your play? You said you felt good. You started out poor. You're happy with where you are. Um, are you going to be happy finishing in the top five or top 10 this year? Is that like a good win? Is that a win for you now? Uh, I need to be top three to feel pretty good about my season. Okay. If, I, if I'm out, if basically just like if I did worse than I did last year, I'm not going to feel good about it. Um, uh, I don't think I really ever was. You know, we're like a third way through the season, and to be second feels pretty good. And I have a couple guys like Kyle and Isaac on my tail. They've been playing really solid this year as well, especially recently with Isaac. Um, yeah, I think as long as I just do better than I did last season, um, I'm really looking for like two more wins. That'd, that'd feel nice. And especially if I can get one within one of these next two weeks, that'd, that'd feel amazing. That's definitely going to be a goal of mine. I can hopefully just kind of just play hole by hole. I, I mean, sometimes I get ahead of myself thinking like I need to get to the score of like, let's say like nine down and I'm two down with, nine holes left i'm like crap i have to birdie seven of the back nine holes in reality i just need to play the hole by hole i, I think i'll hopefully have a different mindset uh just stay calm this weekend at otb and uh hope everything goes well i guess yeah well dude like i said from our perspective you're doing great out there a, a lot of players are i just think it's getting tougher someone in our chat just said you know, we're going to see a third card winner here at some point in the Pro Tour. It's just getting deeper and deeper. We might see like a fifth card winner. There's been a couple of times where fourth, fifth cards only like three or four back. Well, I know it was the second round, but if James Conrad had done that in the third round, he was yep. six cards back. So, I mean, it is foreseeable. But that was a that was a crazy round. Yep. No, I mean, I'm, I was so happy to be. I was actually on his card that That's round. Right. That's right. That's right. Um. I forget if I had asked him, I, who did I interview? I was asking somebody, did they feel like, oh, it was Calvin. Because he had shot like 13 down or what, 12, I think it was 13 down. And I said, did that feel like you left some out there, Calvin, after you saw James round? How do you feel about that, Gannon? Do you feel like you're leaving some out there? Were you pushing pretty hard? And it was just like, dude, that's incredible. Yeah, Jonesboro is a super weird course, especially with no win, just because with win, Jonesboro is like, a really difficult course especially there's a couple of courses on tour that do that like des moines for sure if it has wind it gets super difficult jonesboro gets really difficult with wind obviously every course gets a little bit more difficult but when you have when you have um holes that if you have no wind and they're like basically must birdies at that point i mean 17 down is is like the course isn't too easy it's just that I mean, that's ridiculous 17 down and he played a hole for par he played pretty much perfect um I, uh, it was, yeah, it was just, just a pleasure to watch. I, I definitely felt like I was, I, I shot 10 down that round and I was, I was okay with it. I was like, uh, that's a pretty okay, like it's a pretty solid round. Um, I was, I was kind of playing for like 12 or 13, but, um, yeah, 17 is just blowing everyone out of the water. He just like didn't mess up and didn't mess up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was excited about it. It looked like as, as excited as James would be about something. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys could have been more excited. You were more excited visually. Um, that's awesome. That's really incredible. I think, uh, is this true for you? If you're having fun and the people on your card are jiving well, do you think you play better? I mean, I feel like that's uh, just a thing, but like, does that work for you? Mm. Yes and no. Sometimes if the card's too laid back, you don't have that like killer drive, you know? Um, Sometimes, like, sometimes you feel like you, I, I feel like for myself, at least, if I'm, like, on a final card last day, I'll shoot a lot better because I'm, like, I, 
you have to push. And usually, you know, rounds are pretty relaxed. Um, okay. What? Like, oh, yeah. Um, usually, like, rounds are pretty relaxed. And Alden just said, like, yesterday. Yeah, we, we, we were, like, way too relaxed. We were, like, way too relaxed yesterday. Um, <laughs> but uh, sometimes, I feel like in a round one or round two, it's cool. But round three, like, it almost is never relaxed. It's just, like, there's always intensity. And that can, I feel like, it at least makes me play better if there's pressure. Cool. Um, my, my oldest son made his first lead card. It was an AM2, but he made his first lead card this weekend, uh, in the final round. Nice. And I was, he was on his own and I asked him, I was feeling fine, fine, fine. And then on the way home, he talks about, I started out like bogey, bogey, birdie, bogey. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you know, just the lead card jitters. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear him say that. Oh my God. And I'm like, dude, it's your first one. He, so his first one, he didn't know how to kind of deal with it, but there, there he did. So, um, anyways, uh, we're glad to have you on. I'm sure you got a lot going on as well. Where are you guys traveling right now? Where are you at? We're just about to go to, uh, a, like team dinner kind of thing. Oh, Taco Bell. Probably. I had Taco Bell the last two mornings. <laughs> mornings. Oh, oh yeah. The breakfast burritos you said you enjoyed. Saw that. What do you think? They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Well, We've talked about it a few times, and I think even Silas mentioned Taco Bell when we had him on. Like, Taco Bell seems to be. Oh, yeah. He said you, like, won after you introduced him to Taco or he introduced you to Taco Bell or, or something like that. No, I, I want, I want, I had Taco Bell before my final round at mm -hmm. Austin with, like, a huge pop. And I won. Okay. That's and what it was. We just ate, we ate Waffle House, like, six of the seven mornings at Champions Cup. Yeah, it Taco Bell fuels you, I think, to a victory, and or at least it can. So we'll we'll see how that. I'm gonna go get Taco Bell after this. We'll see. Let's go. Um, maybe two, maybe. Awesome team dinner, and it's gonna feel good yep. because you know everything's settled, and that's cool. And did you say? Did you say pop a minute ago, like for the carbonated beverage? It's pop. It's not soda. Okay, just making sure we're on the same page. Here. Definitely not Coke. What does Alden say? Yeah. yeah. Do you say pop or soda or uh, Coke? Soda is the dumbest thing. Pop is the dumbest thing. Isaac Alden will say pop is stupid. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Gannon's from one of those those corn states, right? Which one is it? Iowa. Nebraska, Missouri. Iowa. Which one? I'm from Iowa. Wait, what was no, the question? I'm just messing around. I'm sorry. I'm in a oh. joking mood. But you just said pop and like. Yeah. I had to go there, but I, I appreciate the, the different cultures of the United States. It's a cool thing, uh, but it is weird. It's wicked cool. Wicked cool. All, All right. right. Well, to be fair, us New Englanders call sprinkles Jimmy's. Have you heard of that? <laughs> no. <laughs> You've never heard Hold of on. that? Let me, let me specify. Rainbow okay, yes. Chocolate. is still sprinkles. Like rainbow, you know, the candy you put on your ice cream sprinkles. The chocolate. Right, I, I gotta stop you guys here. That's like it, you're, you're not supposed to say that. I don't. Uh, even, I don't even want to hear that anymore. That sounds so stupid. It, it has like a a bad historical connotation with it. It does. You should say sprinkles. There's no. There's no this way. This is what I grew up with. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's like. Don't yeah, make this something, like a, Evan. Don't make this something. It's not. I'm not making it something. <laughs> I'm just trying to. We're on air live. Listening to people. I'm trying to save our butts right oh, okay. here. That, hey, like listen, I'm saved because I've always called it sprinkles. So <laughs> me too. I've never I, called it 
I would the say, other word. Yeah, apparently it's not the other word, but I would say chocolate sprinkles or rainbow. That is what. And I New Zealand calls it hundreds and thousands, which I thought was pretty cool. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, uh, tangent. We can do a whole like, is it etymology? Is that a word origination? <laughs> etymology? I don't know. <laughs> Long story short, what do you call the bugs that light up with their butts, uh, Gannon? Firefly. Firefly. Or what do a you lightning bug. Or, or no, lightning I, I bug? Firefly. Firefly. Anybody yeah. else? I, I, may, I don't know. I don't know. Lightning bugs, I don't know. Now who do we got? Isaac? Isaac. Isaac. I think I think we got to go. Yeah, Isaac, what do you call the bug that lights its butt? Like it flies around Firefly. and lights it up. What is it? Firefly. Firefly. Okay. Comment in the chat. Oh, I guess it is lightning. I'm just surprised Alden's foot hasn't made an appearance yet on the Nick and Matt show like last time. Oh, whose foot whose foot was it? Was Isaac's? Yeah, so that was that was his foot for like the first thirty minutes, and then I put my foot in for one second, and then now everybody thinks it's me. <laughs> it was so funny. All right, you gotta go. We're All gonna right, let you thanks, go. Guys. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Have a good trip. Enjoy your dinner. Peace out. All right. Peace out. All right. Wow. <laughs> well, Evan, if that's a thing, thanks for stopping us. If it, and it probably I, is. If you said it I'm, was. I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, well, like everything's a like, thing I'm nowadays. Gonna, I got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, there is that. Idea. Like everything is a thing nowadays. I I am pretty sure though that one had some like bad history on reasons why it was called that originally. I honestly I, I can't remember enough about it of the why. <clears throat> but I just figured someone named and, Jimmy like made those. Yeah, right. I, I just like I Jimmy heard it but, like that. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll no offense look it up meant. And, no and offense meant it. anybody. I'm sorry. And if that's a word you use, maybe look it up real quick and see let's the history. And if it is okay, let's look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Don't, don't, it's not. not, no, no. But <laughs> seems like he might. Sorry, I'm coughing and something. all that, getting over allergies and sicknesses and everything else. But well, we made it towards the end of the show, but we got to do OTB picks. Um, well, is it? I can't just based off of odds. I don't feel like I can pick Calvin again. I can only pick him when he's gonna win, or else it's like bad picking him. So. Simon did great here. Ricky usually does yeah, good so, here. Eagle performs okay here. Like, who's gonna win, Evan? Give us your take. Oh, I meant to pull up the uh, the recent winners, but okay. So notably, I mean, he hasn't been having the best season. Hasn't even finished top five yet. But Paul McBeth is not playing. He's headed over to Europe to start his Euro Tour summer. Kristen Tatar is also not playing. Um, I believe she, I don't know if she's missing the whole West Coast swing or if she's just missing this event, um, but she will not be there either. Okay. Um, let me, but yeah, of course, Simon, Simon Lazat won last year, along with Paige Pierce and FPO. In 2021, um, Eagle McMahon won with Paige Pierce and FPO. Um, and then technically the event goes back to the San Francisco open days, but totally different course. I uh, don't think that's as notable, but I mean, like Paul and Ricky won then. And also I got to look around my screen, <laughs> Katrina, Helen and Sarah Hokum. <laughs> so, but hist historically says Paige Pierce, I actually have to check if she's registered. She is registered. She is of course dealing with that injury um, and Miss Jonesboro after dealing it with it at uh, champions cup. So it'll be interesting to see how she's feeling with that. If she's up to uh, close to hundred percent or if she's still dealing with that injury or if she even plays at all, 
but two-time defending champion. Um, I think that says a lot. And with no Christian Tatar, I think FPO is totally up in the air. I didn't even have a pick ready. I know my MPO pick, but I have no clue FPO. We got to figure this out. I, I know. Can I just go my pick? I know what I'm going to do. It's all good. All heart. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows it from me. I've guessed Isaac Robinson and Cat Merch back to back. So I'm I'm going for that trifecta. And this is what I'm going to go with. I'm going MPO winner, Aaron Goose Gossage. Okay. Let's go. He's shown up. Two years ago, I think it was his breakout performance. No one heard, heard who he was. And then last year, he's finished really well here as well. Just coming off the 303 open win. I think it's his time. I think he wants to make a statement like, hey, here to stay. I mean, he is already here to stay. He already made a statement. But after winning Worlds in the playoff, I think he's looking for that win. So. After losing worlds in a playoff, that's, to be clear, that's what I meant. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know you knew that. I just wanted yeah, to yeah. be clear. Thank you. Uh, that is what I meant. Um, so thank you. Um, sorry, I was talking to chat. I forgot I'm on live. Um, anyways, um, so FPO, I'm just gonna go with my gut and heart again and pick one that I've been wanting to win for a while that I've predicted for a while. Ella Hansen, she's a bomber. This is a bomber course. I think if she can just kind of hit her lines and not go too bomber, like like I feel like some sometimes even me, I know I can throw further than most people, and sometimes it makes me want to go off, and then I just shank it way too far. So I, if she can control her bombs and actually get in good positions, I think she has a really good chance, um, because you know she's been she's been up in the uh, contention for a long time now, and I, th- I think she has, she has what it takes to. Take it home. Okay. Matt, are you ready or you want me to go for no, it? No, I'm I'm ready, but I'm still thinking about this sprinkle thing because <laughs> the chat is going wild over it. And someone's like, in 1930s, a worker named James worked a machine that made them, calling them jimmies. No, so like, and I looked it up on Wikipedia, and all I'm seeing is like candy makers, like, but I don't know why they called it Jimmy's, but it was named after the worker who made them. I don't know. Maybe there is negative. And if that's the case, in all seriousness, I do not mean any offense by it. I will look into it and I'll make sure that I'm good with it. But like, just in general, I'm like, man, there's something missing here. I'll have to research it more. My picks are um, Anthony Barella. That's good pick. I I feel like that could be a thing. If if he wins, I'll be ecstatic. Of course. Katrina Allen, I just, I don't feel like she's going to show up for this one, although she could. We said Paige isn't back for this, probably, or she is. She is. Uh, it's uncertain. She is currently registered, uh, but she's, of course, dealing with the okay. uh, injury, I believe, in her shoulder. Ella Hansen she is going to make bro. a push. I'm not sure if she'll finish it out. I'm going to make another pick and say Ella Hansen. Uh, those, those are pretty... Almost. Wow. Yeah, those are wide pit. Like Anthony two Brown, Ella yeah. Hansons has never won a pro tour in her career. We yeah. got two Dude, people I, saying. I, oh, not you said just it? Ben. I wasn't even. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, Ella Hansen. Hey, yeah. you can go for it. I don't okay. care. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm still feeling this out, but I think I know who I'm gonna pick in FPO. But I will say it was interesting. Last year we had the battle between Paige Pierce and Natalie Ryan. Paige Pierce battling the injury. Natalie Ryan, uh, of course, with the ruling over the offseason and, and litigation, and that'll be confusing. Um, but Juliana Corver came in third, uh, and Ella Hansen was tied for fourth. I think I'm I'm gonna go similar to Ella Hansen. All Hanley. 
friend or a best friend, but Holland Hanley. I just she's been playing so well so this year. She's tied pick. for second in Disc Golf Pro Tour points. I think she's more on the cusp than Ella Hansen has been lately, but not that Ella Hansen's a bad pick or couldn't do it. Just it feels like Hanley's been a little bit closer throughout this. Well, okay. I mean Waco happened too, but uh besides <laughs> besides Waco throughout the general. I'm just looking dumb here. Uh I'll hop up over to MPO. <laughs> This man's you, guys, you guys get what I'm saying, though. Yes. I, I just totally blanked over Waco, though, so it kind of ruined my whole my whole point. Uh, I I'm gonna go with the the hot hand and MPO, who won here in the past. Eagle Eagle McMahon. Uh, he it, the course has gone through changes. It'll go through a few more changes for this year. A few new holes, maybe change up OB, uh, and it went through a lot of changes into 2022 compared to when he won in 2021. Um, but I I think it sets up really well to him. He's played well in the woods, played well in the open. He looks like he's got everything dialed. It's just a matter about actually getting it. Uh, so I'm going Eagle man. I do think it's crazy how none of us are picking Calvin Heimberg, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, I mean, there's. I mean, as we always say, there's so many good names right now. I think this event's going to be really, really interesting. I'm stoked for it because I think MPO is so open as it's been all season. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, interesting, interesting uh, things that can come from this. And I think FPO will be really, really interesting with Kristen Tatar taking the week off and Paige Pierce uh, potentially battling an injury. We saw that last week last week now at Jonesboro with Cat Merchant Haley King and a and Aria Castorita up in the uh leaderboard. And it was a lot of new name or newer names for this season. Of course we've seen Haley King in the past and Cat Merchant's been up there before, but actually seeing it going for the win, it was very, very exciting to see fresh names. I think it's gonna be a similar uh a similar um situation here at OTB Open. Yeah, Haley King she was on my mind. She can go off Maybe this would be it. I don't see her closing this one out. Um, not that I can't see I, her doing it, but like this is not the one I'm picking her at. Give me a yeah, little she bit finished more. Twenty. Woods. She gave. She finished twenty third here last year, which is pretty surprising. Yes. Um, of course, we don't know what was going through. I mean, there's I think a lot of you know mental. Off I was the course. just gonna say there was a yeah. lot more happening. But, but Matt, I think I'm with you that, I mean, we, we picked Ella Hansen and Holland Hanley, so maybe it's hard to say this, but uh, for a player like Haley King, who has closed it out, but I feel like we need to see Haley King close it out before we make, uh, make her as a pick. But that is crazy to say because we haven't seen Holland Hanley do it, and we haven't seen Ella Hansen do it yet either. So I don't think that's fair to us to say, but I, I think there is some truth to it. But we're, I think we're all going out of the limb picking our picks in FBO. I, I agree. Uh, and yeah. Anyways, we, we need to do a better job here at the Nick and uh, Nash tracking track of them, yeah. every pick or take or anything that we're Let's predicting today. Just a spreadsheet. Jay, I mean, I mean, we Evan. have an intern and no, Evan, you're the stack guy. You do it. No, you're the ben intern. Do it. What? At the yeah, end, ben can do it. at the end of like the year, we <laughs> could really look through whether it was wins. We can have a win category, right, like I'll as in like right when now. someone was predicting who would win. Like that's a whole section, but then just like general takes, like will Gannon Burr stay with Prodigy? Like we want to keep track. How are these takes unfolding? Who made them? What day? All that kind of stuff. That'd be kind of fun. Um, we did make it to thanks, the end of the ben, show. For doing that, yeah. Thanks for doing that, Ben. Um, I, I, I throw you under the bus, but I do have to give thanks because you do a wonderful job, Ben. Yes, thanks, true. thanks. I guess I'm the stat guy now. <laughs> Let's get oh. a little satellite. I'm a satellite. Yo, sign me up. Actually, give me, give me, how about you? I acquire you and you give me stake in your company for no reason. 
What? Okay. Deal? Deal. Deal. Evan? Evan's just frozen. Literally frozen. No, I'm I'm being silent intentionally. Uh I, I thought I dropped for a second. <laughs> what? I thought you were what, faking what, dropping. We, we, no, no, I was faking dropping. Oh. oh. <laughs> all right. So I have stake in Statman though, is what I'm here. Anyways. All right. Um again. Anything we say on this show does not reflect the intentions of the Nick and Matt show brand. No, <laughs> Remember when you were growing up, did you ever hear that? Like on the radio, like the shows that would be on a radio channel. They're like the thoughts and opinions of those like talking do not reflect necessarily though. Like I feel that way again, I will say one last time. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because that's how much it affects me. If, if there, even if it's not intentional, we can all learn from things. So if that's the case, yeah, we will learn it, from it. I, and I'm glad hey, I'm glad you called it out if it's a thing, Evan, because that's the way it should I, be. If I am wrong about sprinkles and it's like there's no <laughs> negative connotation to it and it is OK to say that I'm sorry for making you worried so, about it to you, Matt, and everyone else. So uh, but what hey, I've been finding is there, there's no direct ahead, there's no direct correlation. Like there's no evidence that but some people do think it's racist. So at the end of the day. If even if some people if, think it's, questionable, it, yeah, if it's questionable, I don't mind calling be. it sprinkles. In fact, it, to be fair, we both call it sprinkles. It was I just call we sprinkles, knew. Yeah. It's like saying, okay, yeah. one last etymology thing, because we've already touched on that. We apologize if that's a thing, and, and seriously, we'll learn from it. But what do you call the? Okay, I'm trying to think how to say this. I want to say a water machine, but the one where you push the button on the front or the top, and it's like a metal fixture on the wall. Okay. Bubbler. Oh, Ben Ben says it's yeah. a bubbler. Yeah. What no, do you say? I'm, I'm not New England enough for this. I, I say water fountain. Water fountain. Yeah. Bub I it, if it you're really New England, it's bubbla. Bubbla. That's true. <laughs> it, it's interesting to see like who where you grow up and how actually like, you know, Boston or New England you are. Like I grew up in southern New Hampshire where it feels like it kind of is. Like, I mean, it's obviously very much New England suburb of Boston, like deep suburb of Boston, but like you didn't get the true, true New England ones. Like, you know, you say wicked and yeah, it's wicked. Didn't good. have the accent, you know, you, you get a few of the other things wrong, but like, I mean, you have fluff or nutters, but uh, <laughs> fluff or nutter. Yeah. Apparently fluff like, is like the only up here, which is weird. I well, know well, no, there's, there's marshmallow cream or like marshmallow whipped, like whatever you want to again what do you call it the, they, the marshmallow like topping is different in new england they make something called marshmallow fluff and it is not the same as like jet puff. oh that's it jet puff i think it's not the same so yeah it's like a it's like a i don't know if it's a local company or not it's it what's is. the big marshmallow brand it, it uh, the local you know, has theirs marshmallow fluff yeah it's out of like yeah Cape but if you go Boston. anywhere in the U.S., you can still buy, you know, the same type of thing, but it's called type. something different. It's, it's very hard, very hard to find. Because I remember I wanted that when I was out in Colorado. Oh, so I was like, I, you know what? I want to see if I can make peanut butter and fluff out here. Yes. The great cheap, cheap, you know, it's, college lunch or dinner. I need to get that. I need to have that soon. I mean, what it's incredibly did I have sugary. At, what did I have at the but, tournament this week, Ben? Yeah, you had, a, you had a peanut butter and fluff sandwich. At the tournament, we had a little package of them we made. Um, You want to take it to the next level? You got to take the... Now we're just off. This is like the after show. Yeah, this is the Patreon only version. Everyone gets the free Patreon tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're like, really? Is there a Patreon? (laughs) Yes. There will be. The intern will work on it. Okay. Thank you. Um, Take your peanut butter. 
And by the way, now let's let's get this one solved, and I'll come back to this. Chunky or creamy peanut butter? Like just generally, I'm oh, not talking chunky specific all day. Chunky really, all day. Mm, I yeah. am a total Crunchy. cream guy. I feel I feel like a kid if I'm having cream. Not that it's bad to have cream, okay. but like uh, it just feels wow. chunky. Okay, so all right, we it settled. It tastes down. so much better. I am definitely the like cream man, Jif whatever cream. So. Do you get like extra chunky? Now I'm stuck on this. This is like that extra oh, I super go chunky. chunky. I, go yeah, chunk. I go extra chunky. Okay. Chunk is good. Extra chunky. The chunkiest. Ch- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if they got if they got extra extra chunky, I'm I would be right. interested. Okay. I so just like the crunch. <laughs> just like saying chunky. Okay. You take syrup. Now syrup, syrup, whatever you want to call it. It could be maple or it could be your off the shelf generic um, syrup. You just pour it in there and and do it as much as you want. You taste it, but. Mix it in, mix it in. It gives a little different texture, but man, you put that with your fluffer nut or your peanut butter and fluff, and it is next level. Like, yeah, that's my favorite. You can tell. Yeah, I've never done that. I I'm gonna try this. I it's I, really I went good. to the grocery store today for the week. I'm going back. I'm getting some fluff. <laughs> <laughs> on and and it's on white bread. You don't do it on like wheat, right? Or you do. Uh, I mean, I'll do it on whatever. I mean, okay. fluffer nutters historically are on white bread. Yeah, okay. but like. I'm trying to be a little bit healthy. I'm already, if I'm going for this, I'm already going crazy sugary fluff. I got to be like, all right, I'll go some, you know, nice wheat bread or something. Okay. Let's, let's keep going. just a little bit more here. So now <laughs> let's talk about like chunky or not. We're talking about water bubblers, fountain, or it's not water bubbler. It's a bubbler. bubbler. And then there's water fountains, lightning bugs, uh, versus, uh, what did he say? Fireflies. Fireflies. I don't think, yeah. I we don't, don't say fireflies here. It's lightning bugs. Really? Yes, but, we do. Look, I say fireflies. No, no, no. The thing is, like, I don't, I don't know the insect as like a fire. Like when I see it, I'm like, oh, it's a lightning bug. But like when you say a firefly, I know what it is. I almost think that they're like different things, but they are the same. Does does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Like it I, I totally understand what it is, but I so, feel like firefly is more like uh, it feels more like a fantasy almost. Obviously, it's a real, very much real insect. Yeah, I think those are the two most popular. But now let's talk about orange juice, pulp. Extra pulp? Oh, no pulp. pulp. I like pulp. I'm a pulp guy. I'm a pulp guy, but I go light pulp. Wow. I'm a pulp. Okay. I could go straight pulp. Like the extra pulp. Like that's like we're finding out who we are tonight <laughs> on the show. I am a like I think my preference would be no pulp, but there's something about I guess a little bit like it's it's enjoyable. But now again, you want to go to the next level? Yep. I always give you the next level. Have you ever get that orange juice just barely frozen? I'm talking like slush orange mm. juice that it's not an orange Julius, but it's so good. So like just put it in the freezer till you get that like ice chunks in there. Shake it up. It is really good. All next, right. Next so, level orange juice. So what do you guys call sandwiches? As in like. I don't say fo- Sammy's. Footlongs. Oh, okay. Grinder, <laughs> hoagie, subs. Yeah, so you go to the oh. sandwich store and they make you one that's in a long, we'll say a roll or a piece of bread, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah what do you call that? I call it grinder. <laughs> You're I do that's offensive, Ben. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I think I go hoagie. I don't know. No, you don't. Do I? I don't know. That's cap. You're just trying to be like yeah. different now. That is I think a I lie. do. I'm, hey, You're just like, trying I, to be like, alternative. Stop. 
I feel like Hoagie and Sub are interchangeable. I I never went grinder, although like I like you would see a pizza restaurant that'd be like pizza and grinders, and I'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I want to grind. Like, I want a Hoagie. <laughs> nice. You do not like, say a Hoagie. But, I know. But the you thing don't. is, Hoagie and Sub, like a Hoagie, is clearly like a uh, like lunch meat okay. sub, where like a sub can be anything. It can be a cheesesteak sub, or it can be a meatball sub, uh, or it can be a lot of other things. And I think like grinders are. Like an Italian substance, oh, you generally you, like you classify like them. That's interesting, right? They're different yeah, well, things like, to you. When it's a grinder, it's always with a pizza shop, right? Like, I well, do I don't have that so, classification. Like, that, that, I guess yeah, because I call like my tuna. I call them. I had a tuna grinder today. I call them tuna grinders. But if I have like a chicken bacon ranch, I just call it's it chicken sub. bacon yeah, ranch. See, I don't call it a sub see, though. I don't call it a sub. I call it a sandwich or a grinder. For, so you are. Yeah, you are. You you do go like any sub or any hoagie is a grinder to you. Yeah, I don't. If call you call it, it, a, sub, it a tuna though. grinder, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're uh, unless the chat has one. Yeah, I, give us more chat. <clears throat> we'll take one great. more. We'll take we'll one. Take more. one more. Oh, how about what you wear on your feet? This is probably not that crazy. Like shoes, just shoes. Like they're all like just ten, shoes to like you. Ten, tennis shoes, yeah. Like sneakers, tennis shoes, sneakers. Um, I guess that's it. Or do you just call them shoes? Yeah. I call. I just, I just call them shoes. I just call them shoes. Like I, I, if I say tennis shoes, it's like rare or running shoes to like specify, but like it's, it's rare. Okay. And I, I, I like barely ever go sneakers, but like you sometimes, but not really. Okay. How about what I'm wearing on my head and you're wearing on your head? Is it just a hat or is it a cap or is it like a, like a baseball Evan hat? capped about hoagie, but it's a hat. <laughs> uh yeah i'll go hat I'll, I'll sometimes say baseball hat even though i like okay. i wouldn't call what any of us are wearing a baseball hat because i think I, I mean i can't tell what ben's exactly wearing but me and matt have uh, actually like, trucker hats on. actually what i'm exactly wearing is the official baseball hat of the mlb new era Whoa. So. oh it is okay cool it was hard to see yes yeah, so, so, so that would be a baseball i didn't hat. check tonight we just have our presenting sponsor cosmic dg thank Shout you to cosmic. them I'm wearing their hat, and frankly, I don't care what brand it is, but it looks cool, so I wear it. Um, so thank you to them. Check out Cosmic again. We appreciate their support for this episode and this month's episode. So I think there's one other. Um, what you push around in the store and put your groceries in? Shopping cart. Okay, is that it? Yeah, there's no other cart. option. Buggy? I, I like... Carriage? Can't even think oh carrot you could okay people call it carriage but that's yeah it's shopping cart shopping cart go get a carriage i can see myself telling a kid to go get a carriage i could definitely hear myself doing that but i think shopping cart is what i would say if someone asked me yeah you said buggy like what dude i think i saw that on social media this week they're like hey where we're from we call them buggies and i'm like what (laughs) yeah yeah i mean uh, I don't know. Maybe the the ones with like race car fronts for kids to hang out in. Dude, Those how could long could this go on man. for? Like also at the grocery store. And I think it's I can hear my grandmother saying this. The what they. They put your food in after you check out. Is it just a straight? What is it? What? Bag? You, you, yeah. OK, it's just it's just a bag. Is that Are it? You're thinking like plastic bag. Tote? No, like I or, think my grandmother will say it's a sack. But I don't know, like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how many other people that are listening distance to this show right now are like, yeah, it's a sack. I don't know. But like, yeah. 
Any others? Chat. Last There's one. An, yeah, last I call. think I think we touched all the main ones because I'm look. I mean, looking online, flip flops <laughs> versus sandals. I call. Them, I mean, depends. Though that's a little different. Flip flops are the ones yeah. in between the toes. Sandals are without the. Yeah, that's agreed. Easy. Next. Easy. Boom. Next. So I I looked up all the all the main ones. There's not really much else. That's like uh all right. Too too big. Yeah. Well, we might have missed one. I'm sure there's some pretty funny ones out there. Like you call it what? Like if you go to like the UK, you hear some really funny right, things. Well, like like if if I'm razzing you, Evan, in the UK, it'd be called taking the piss out of you. Like I was taking the piss out of them. And like I remember like sitting down with someone at some corporate, like we were traveling somewhere. I was in Texas and he was from the UK. And he's like, You're taking the piss out of them. I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> I was like, Ugh. And it's like, so there's definitely like different things around the world, but as far as the US goes, okay. I'm sure there's have, oh dinner or supper. Is that dinner. to me? Oh, to well, me, that's the dinner. that's what you were saying, Evan, about like grinders and subs. Like it's different things. To me, dinner is more of a formal meal. Sit down. Usually it's like like it could be a Sunday like lunch hour, but it could be a dinner if it's like formalized. Um Supper to me is your regular weekly evening meal. Like that's supper. That's what I call it. So I, I, I get part one. I, I don't, I just never call anything supper. I don't oh, like it. Wow. I don't either. I everything's mean, dinner for yeah, you guys. Dinner. I think it's just like a historical, I mean, historical term. Like you understand what it means, obviously, but you just don't use it. Okay. So this is, we can, this last is, one. I can do one more. Yeah. And this, this is, this is with pronunciation with New Englanders. Is it crayons, which, or crayons. Oh, oh, I say oh, crayons. Like the coloring utensil yeah. that's made from wax. Crayons. Like Paul Crayons. Okay. Yeah. That's my, what's, that's, what's that? My sister growing up would say crowns. Like what you, a king would put on his head, a crown. She would say crowns. Crayons. I grew up saying crayons. Right? Yeah. Okay. That, no, that's what I was saying. Definitely crayons. Just take out that, take out that O. But maybe take out the Y. I don't know. Does how you anybody pronounce. you know say crayons? Dude, people are gonna think we're crazy for saying crayons, but I don't I, know. I think it's crayons. No, I've heard of that. I okay. I actually have oh, one colors because colors. I saw someone chat. Definitely, I've heard of them called colors. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like using colors called colors. I've never heard. Of I that. I have heard of it before. I don't remember how far back that was, but I just saw. I feel like crayons is gonna be our biggest outlier amongst the chat. Oh yeah, where crayons. Are gonna everyone's be saying like, crayons. What someone said crayons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, there's caramel and caramel, but like, uh, I mean, we could do caramel. that one, but the, the, the one, the one, cause I use them interchangeably. I mean, same with like data and data. I just like, I don't have one I use, but I, the, um, kind of like M&M, like, uh, peanut butter ones, not M&M. M&M oh, okay. You know we had this that. conversation I, I with my kids this week. I don't understand. And he's like, why do this people is, say Reese's pieces? And that's what like yeah. Tanner asked me. You say Pieces as pieces, like we're so oh, uncivilized. Wait, wait. It is Reese's pieces. <laughs> Hold on, that's okay. funny. So Ben says Reese's. You say Reese's. I say Reese's pieces, but I never thought about it as Reese's pieces. I didn't think that Reese's, was a thing. I didn't think. I didn't realize that was actually what it was called. Isn't it so obvious? But after you learn it, yeah, like, I call it Reese's pieces. pieces. Reese's pieces. I still say Reese's pieces. <laughs> Yo, I'm I never like, realized that. So it's you both just say Reese's like, pieces. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I say Reese's pieces. That's what I say. I don't even say Reese's. No. I say Reese's. So I yeah. pronounce yeah, iron. I, I believe you should. Yeah. Iron. Which like, it, it's not a new England thing. It's like, it's more of the country just says it wrong. 
but I <laughs> have said it to people or like heard them Reese's say Reese's pieces. pieces, and I'm just like, oh, it, it's uh, uh what oh, is it? It's called something like the oh the uh, butterfly something or it's like the Barons. It's like it's not the Bernstein Bears. It's actually the Bernstein. It's oh, like no. everyone has just well, thought it was that. My last that. name is technically Graham. Have you all been saying Graham like the cracker? But like, I don't correct people, and I don't know if it oh the Mandela happens. effect is what we're talking about. I think, kind of. Um, in closing out, <laughs> this is what happened when Nick when when Nick's not here. But remember when we had on Chef Andrew Zimmer and Celebrity Chef? I think our most possibly most famous uh, interview we've ever had. Um, we asked him the difference between we're like, is it caramel or caramel? Right. And then he went off on this. Well, what are you doing with it? So it matters in that scenario. And I think most of these really? words, it can matter. Yeah. He's like, are you making onions? Are you caramelizing them? Or are you caramelizing them? Right. Like, I don't know. And that was pretty funny. He was razzing Nick pretty hard on a few things there. Um, but. That was good. He was, I, I, I liked his like humor and just mm-hmm. how he was. It was a good time. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we made it to the end of the show and we gave everybody an extra 25 minutes of maybe nonsense we hope you enjoyed it yeah we made it to this point in the show nick usually tells you to tell you tell someone you love them uh kind of doing that for him uh obviously people that are affected with the the loss of jb in the disc golf world if you knew him if if you didn't know him just a reminder people just just always demonstrate care this goes back to something i said really early on you can disagree with someone but make sure they know you care about them that's all I would say with that. And do that to somebody this week. Let people know you care. Um, but we made it to that point in the show. I guess I'm supposed to hit the music and get it to close out. Are you going to do a little singing for us? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. All right, people love it. Oh, this is for especially Buddy. There's this one guy. It's a Nicky Mac show. Everybody got to go to the Nicky Mac show. Bring all your friends and pals. <laughs> And bring all your gals. All right, there you go. It's the Nick and Matt Show. Uh, Ben, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Nick, hope you had safe travels. Good luck, and we'll catch you all next week. Peace out, everybody. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.